<laughs> I think we live, baby. Let's go. Game time. Check one, check two. Is everybody in? Yeah. Is everybody motherfucking in? Welcome to Hoodstocks on a Friday, baby. Feeling good, feeling good, feeling good, man. I feel like we were just here last night, man. That Wednesday night's podcast, baby, was no motherfucking joke. I mean, there's levels in the game. There's levels in this podcast game, right? And, and, and right there, man, that was a level that I, I enjoyed uh, touching. You know? That she was active. No, it was fun. I mean, you know what's crazy about that? Uh, oh, Jesus, sorry about that. Um, you know, after Wednesday night's, Wednesday night's podcast, uh, I go home, right? 
you know, I got a lady, right? Yeah. You know, I go home and uh, baby was still up. You know, <laughs> she happened to still be up, you know? And uh, yeah, she just, uh, I walked in to the living room and uh, she was aggressively folding clothes. <laughs> Jesus, what are you doing up right now, girl? You gotta be, uh, uh, you gotta go to work tomorrow morning. You must be all worked up, you know? And, um, you know, I caught the vibe, you know? <laughs> Don't he get home and he on the shit list? Like, shit, I'm going to the couch. Oh, yeah. You catch the vibe. <laughs> no, I ain't go, I don't go. To, sometimes I do go to the couch, but this time I was like, man, I'm, I'm sleeping in the bed, yeah, baby. Bed. And, uh, you know, the smooth motherfucker that I am, dog, I creep up behind her and I put my hands on her hips. And I said, what's wrong, peaches? You know I didn't do that. Uh, I was just checking. I was waiting for what happened next. Yeah, you know I didn't do that, dog. I was like, all right. That was a good time. No, my girl was she was she was mad because she felt like uh, I let the podcast podcast go too long oh, right. to a point where you know there's there's, there's got to be a you know I, I guess I got to be responsible, dog. I mean, and there's a point in time when I see I got to be responsible. For for, I mean, it's hard for me to be responsible for myself, let alone a grown woman or a grown man. You know what I mean? If we're yeah. chilling right here, we're getting fucked up. I, I mean, however you act up, this is a bar right here. You know yeah. what I mean? And however you get at the bar, like, damn, you know what I mean? But I guess sometimes I got to navigate it. Sometimes I got to shut the shit down because, you know, motherfuckers start getting drunk and, it, you know, and it's just, I guess it, it possibly can be looked at as a bad look. But me personally, I'm just like, bro, we just having a good time. This is Hoodstocks, baby. Yeah, it's so, real. It's the real shit. Yeah, it's the real shit. Okay, today's podcast, we will revisit the cryptocurrency Bitcoin round. Tell me we're going to dive into this, baby. Yeah. You know what I mean? We're going to fucking put the goggles, the snorkel on, and we're going to... Wait, wait. No, we're going to go deep. Okay, we, we need that. We need the oxygen. We need the oxygen. <laughs> we're going deep. I can get that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, um... Sorry about it, guys. I'm so... You know, sometimes I'm hella cheesy. You know what I mean? It's fun Friday, bro. Yeah. It's all good. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I'm really trying to catch this new wave. You know what I mean? This crypto wave, this uh, Bitcoin wave. And, uh, I mean, we, we best catch it before it's, you know what I mean? Uh, it's, you know, before we too late in the race, you know? Uh, and which is the story of my life, you know what I mean? Late in the race. Through, and, um, you know, how's everything going, dog? Man, everything's going good, brother. You know what I'm saying? Just grinding. Just grinding, grinding bro. Grinding, bro. So, and, and just like you said, man, I'm, I'm trying to catch up too, man. I caught up late yeah. to the game. I wasn't, I wasn't put on game early, you know what I'm saying, on business and all these investments and stuff. So just like your, your viewers and everybody else, I'm just trying to make it myself, you know? So... So let, let's 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 talk about how this uh, this podcast transpired. So you saw the Joe Rocket podcast, and you said, you know what, that's cool. Yeah, he um, he he he, like everybody has a way of teaching somebody. Yeah. Let's say it like this. You yeah. know what I mean? And and you said, you know what, Luck, I like to come through, and you know, break it down maybe a different way. Yeah. Absolutely. And I said, you know what, my boy, I'm really interested in this right now. And that's much needed. So let's just let's pop that as soon as possible. And, um, you know, this slot opened up. It worked for you, bro. Yeah. And so here we are right now, dog. So what I would like you to do, my boy, is because you kind of have uh, I'm not one thousand uh, percent 
like I, I'm not in tune to, uh, uh, all the way with your background, bro. Yeah, I know you from the homies, the Twenty Seven Junkies, the yeah. homie Burst Rock, all the fellas. You know what I mean? Um, give us a little bit of your background, bro. Yeah, of for like sure. you know where you come from, how you grew up, real quick. You know what I mean? And 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 how you got into what you are gonna tell us that you're into now. Yeah, you know? absolutely. And 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 to be honest with you, when I watched that podcast, I mean there was a lot of great content. You know what I'm saying? Um, I think that everybody has a different perspective. And I just wanted to share my perspective on it, you know what I'm saying, and try and simplify it for people to understand um, that there's a lot of great potential in this market, right, in this space. Um, but I felt like I just wanted to add some additional value to it, a little bit more around risk management and, uh, and just my thought process on crypto. Everybody has a different perspective, you know what I'm saying? So I'll do respect because there's, there's well, not, yeah, you know? absolutely, because there's, there's, not, there's not like a, a written manual. There's not written instructions because this shit is so new and it's still being figured out as it's going, correct? Oh, yeah. We're so early. I mean, it's super early. You know what I mean? I, I don't even think we're at the mass adoption stage yet. You know what I'm saying? So people are super early right now. A lot of people, well, before we get into it, you know what I'm saying? Um, but, but I think they were really early in the game in this. Absolutely. So it's not too late, baby. It's not too late at all. This is a perfect time for all of it's us. It's a to great time. Jump into this. But so before we yeah. do that, bro, tell us a little bit about you, Mudgy. Yeah, for sure. So, you know, I mean, <clears throat> before we get into that, you know what I'm saying? I just wanted to, I brought this tequila for you. This is one of my favorite tequilas right there. Anejo 1800, straight from Mexico. I got your 100 coming up, you know yeah, what I'm saying? Baby. And I wanted to give that to you, bro, because you, I'm proud of you, man. Thank you, dude. I've been watching the podcast grow, and, right and Lucky's killing it. You know what I'm saying? It's real. Thank you, brother. It's raw. Thank and so I, I love what you're doing. I love, you know, it's growing, and, uh, and I'm proud of what you're doing, man. I've been watching it since the beginning, bro, so I'm happy for you. You know what I'm saying? Keep thank, grinding that. Yeah, thank you, brother. For I, sure. You know, I appreciate you, dog, because, you know, you even when I was, you know, uh, diddling and dabbling in the music, dog. I mean, you even you would always support then, you know what I mean? Because of the camp, the 27 junkies and yeah. shit, dog. You've always showed love. Shout out to Jay Kaz. Shout out to all the junkies. Shout out to everybody that's, you know, that knows about the 27 junkies, dog. This dude's a, a part of the crew. Um, and, uh, you know, you've always supported. I remember one time you bought, we were selling tickets. We were going to do a show with Too Short. Yeah. And you bought a ticket. Yeah. But you never showed up. <laughs> yeah. I, I forgot what happened, but I'm always going to support. You yeah, know what I'm but, saying? But, but I was just saying that was kind of just like, you know, what, bro, like, you know, you you bought the ticket. Yeah. And I and I and I so I appreciate it. I was like, you know what? I don't even know if he was going to show, up, but he still wanted to support, yeah. not knowing if he was going to show up or not. And so that's kind of like a, a, that kind of a testament of the individual that you are. Correct. Yeah. Thank you, bro. Absolutely, man. And, yeah. you know, everybody's business. I pay full price to support for them. I don't ask for a discount. I don't say give me 50 percent. Because if, if somebody's running a business and they're putting their heart into something, I'm going to pay full price to show you that I believe in you. You know what I'm, I'm not going to say, hey, can you give it to me for free? Burst Rock, shout out to Burst Rock, 27 Junkies, all the crew. Every time I try and buy you know, gear from him, he's like, ah, oh, no, nah, no, nah, don't pay me. I'm like, nope. What do you charge? And that's what I pay him. And that's why Burst Rock is still living in a fucking trailer. That's why he's in a trailer, bro. He's giving all his shit away for free, dog. You know what I'm saying? We broke his couch, dog. He still don't have the... Nah, I'm just kidding. You got the couch. You know what I'm saying? One thing about Burst Rock that I will never forget, dog. I get out the penitentiary, dog. My cousins introduced me to Burst Rock. My cousin Dope One, my cousin Nick. They introduced me to Burst Rock. And I remember walking out of Burst Rock's crib after meeting him for the first time with a basically a black hefty bag full of t-shirts 
I did not give the dude one cent for that. And he, Burst Rock is a solid dude. Burst Rock taught me things how to be a friend, bro. You know what I mean? You know, because he is, he is a good friend, dog. And, and I used to know how to be a homeboy. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know what a homeboys do? As soon as you turn your back, you know, everyone's high off the fucking shit. You know what I mean? And you're trying to stick your dick in there, lady, now. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, it gets, it, 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 it's treacherous sometimes, dog, in the neighborhoods. You know what I mean? I, I hate to say it, but it is what it is, dog. You know what I mean? Um, and we always talking about respect. <laughs> I guess the pussies, the, you know what I mean? It's 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 fair game. It's free fight. I don't know, dog. It's I hate the power that. of the pussy. Um, but anyways, um, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's treacherous sometimes, dog. Man, you know what I mean? It's you a cold world. Yeah, when motherfuckers are on drugs and shit, you know what I mean? Like you know, uh, respect. <laughs> what respect? I mean, it's a moving target. Yeah, I love you as a man, but her right there, <laughs> homie. I'm just gonna let you know right now. As soon as you turn your back, homie, I'm balls deep in. You know what I'm saying? I'm throwing my dart. <laughs> <laughs> trying to hit that bullseye. Yeah. yeah. But um, it is what it is, bro. But a little bit about your background, bro. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, you know, uh, man, I got a crazy story, man. I, you know what I'm saying? I was uh, born in Guadalajara, Jalisco, Mexico. You know what I'm saying? And uh, fuck, man, I had a rough life, bro. I was, uh, my biological mom uh, wasn't taking care of me. Uh, I was suffering from malnutrition. Uh, my mom never took care of me. She wasn't watching me, paying attention to me. I was always out playing fucking in a diaper, you know what I'm saying, with nobody watching me playing out. And so my adopted family, uh, my mom, two of my sisters through the Reagan amnesty you know, program, they had already made it into the United States. They had come over here. My sister and my brother were still in Guadalajara finishing school before they were going to come and meet the rest of my family in Mexico, right? So they lived in the same apartment complex. And uh, you know, they used to remember seeing me playing around unattended all the time. And, um, you know, they'd always talk to me and play with me and shit, you know. And uh, one of the days, man, my, uh, my mom wasn't paying attention to me. And uh, I fucking fell in the pool, man. And I was drowning. And uh, my sister saved my life, bro. She jumped in the pool. She uh, pulled me out and saved me, homie. And um, obviously there was a conversation between my biological mom and my sister saying that you're not fit to be a mother and, you know, so forth talking about it. And... Uh, Man, she gave me up, which is crazy, right? Because you give up your kid that easily, fuck, that, that's some wild shit, you know? And uh, she gave me up, bro. And uh, my sister had me for a couple months in Mexico. Obviously, they had to take care of what they had to take care of with the amnesty program and to be able to bring me to the United States. And uh, she brought me, man. She brought me when I was a year and a half. And uh, I was brought to the United States and uh, introduced to my mom. My sister had brought me, and my mom never second-guessed. She uh, came home from work. She saw me and said, uh, my sister told her, this is, uh, this is my little brother. And my mom said, absolutely, man. And she loved me from that day until the day she died in 2013. And um, I never knew I was adopted, actually. I grew up uh, not knowing that I was adopted. Uh, you know, everybody knew I was the favorite. You know, I, I was the youngest. And uh, I got, you know, four siblings from, from my mom's side. Uh, their father remarried, and I have three other step-siblings, so we're kind of like the Mexican Brady Bunch, you know what I'm saying? But um, within those, those four siblings with my mom, they, uh, they took me in just like their own, man, and uh, unconditional love. I never knew any different growing up. That's crazy, bro. That, that is really interesting, bro, that you were the favorite and you were the adopted child. Yeah. You weren't, you weren't, she didn't birth you. No. But you were still, you still managed to be the favorite, yeah. dog. And they all knew it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, they all knew it. 
Yeah, bro. It was crazy. You know, and, uh, you know, like, uh, they're, they're gingers, so they've got red hair. They're from Mexico City, you know, and, uh, and my mom was light-skinned, dark hair like me, so, okay, I never questioned it when I was growing up, you know what I'm saying? I was like, all right, maybe I kind of look like her, you know? And uh, as I grew up, it was just things that I, I had questioned a couple times, like, uh, you know, I don't really look like them, you know, who do I look like? And uh, I just always got shut down, you know? But I guess I never wanted to really question it, so, you know? They didn't want you to know the truth. They didn't want me to know the truth, Because yeah. sometimes, what does the truth do to you? They don't, they don't want me to reject them. The truth you know hurts, what I'm baby. It hurts. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. You know? So, uh... I lost my mom in 2013. She the, passed away, bro. The, the, your adopted mother. My adopted mother, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, bro, that, that shit was the toughest shit I've ever been through, man. And, uh, fuck, going through that shit was pretty tough. You know, I had to, I had to get myself out of that dark hole. You know, I, uh, I had worked my way up in through corporate America. You know what I'm saying? Busting my ass. I was up in the Bay Area. And I lost my mom. And, uh, man, that shit was tough, bro. I, I had to deal with some tough shit. I, uh, anxiety, you know what I'm saying? Depression. Because I lost, you know, I didn't grow up with a dad, so my mom was my world, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, uh... You were mama's boy. Yeah. Yeah. I was. I, man, my mom was the toughest woman, you know what I'm saying? She wasn't scared of nothing, bro, and that's how she raised me. No fear. You fucking work your ass off. You get it done. There's no, I, there was no excuses with my mom. I was never allowed growing up, and I fucked around and did all kinds of stupid shit, you know? But she'd always whoop my ass, beat the fuck out of me, you know? And, uh, at the end of the day, it was like, don't give me excuses. What are you going to do? So... You know, I, I mean, when I was 18, my mom moved back to Mexico, left me, said, you're, you're grown. You better, you better make it. You know what I'm saying? So I was fucking throwing house parties, selling whatever I could, working, trying to put myself through school. And uh, man, it was too tough to get myself all the way through school. You know what I'm saying? Doing it on my own. So I got, into, I got, a, I got a position in corporate, you know, business and uh, just fucking took that shit running. You know what I'm saying? And worked my way up just hustling hard. And really it comes from like, you know, throwing house parties and the shit you do in the streets, it's business. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's networking. It's managing money, how to coordinate parties and do all that shit. I applied that in business, man. And I treat people real. You know what I'm saying? Like, I treat them like I do in the street. And, man, in the business world, I'm love. I got a lot of love, man. They fucking love me because I'm genuine. I'm not fake. I don't fucking chase a lie. I don't pretend I'm somebody, you know? And, uh, and I'm very well respected in, in my occupation and business, you know? And so... Uh, when I lost my mom, like I said, I was going through a tough time. I, uh, I got into Spartan racing, bro. You know what I'm saying? You see on my fucking IG, I got all kinds of trail running in the mountains, crazy shit. Yeah. I got into Spartan racing, man. That was my outlet. And I just, I'd done 23 Spartan races, bro. What consists of a Spartan race, for those that don't know? So Spartan racing, you got to do uh, like trail running. Uh, there's going to be elevation, different obstacles. So you got to do a lot of like obstacles that are like monkey bars, carrying, you know, a 60-pound fucking... Uh, concrete ball, you know, sandbags up a mountain, come back, do barbed wire crawls, jump walls, eight foot walls, 10 foot walls, carry all kinds of crazy shit. You know what I'm saying? And you gotta, you gotta have the endurance to get through those, those obstacles and continue to do all the elevation and run. And so you can do competitive or you can just do it for yourself with time. And uh, man, I just help people. I've, I probably got like about 25 people to do Spartan races, just trying to help people, you know, get out there, get active. Uh, and show that they can do it, you know? 
It's uh, amazing, bro. I mean, I, Spartan race is probably similar to what a lot of our uh, maybe Navy SEALs and uh, Marines have to go through, correct? Yeah, yeah, like you boot camp know, shit. Yeah, yeah, training shit, right? Yeah. You know, and it just to endure the fucking, uh, uh, what, what, do they, what do they call it, the, the, the hurt, the, the shit? That, I mean, there's a, a term that Marines say, the... Uh, um, you know what the, the the term they use? They call it the the shit. Uh, I mean, because I've had Marines on here and they've told me about it, bro. But anyways, the suck. The suck. Yeah. The suck. There oh, you go, baby. Fuck yeah. Shout out to Preston, dog. I mean, <laughs> There's yeah. some parts that suck. Fuck yeah, you know. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I did a I did an ultra Spartan that was 32 miles, uh, 7,400 feet elevation with 70 obstacles. Fucking craziest thing I've ever done in my life. And uh, when when I got to mile 26, mind over body, man. The crazy. The adrenaline just pumped. And fuck, I didn't even feel those last six miles. Yeah. It was crazy. And, and I'm sure it, it helps that there's people besides you, beside you doing, you know, I mean, it's a competitive thing. Like, oh, yeah. You know, so you don't want to like, there's, there's, there's females too in it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, you know what I mean? If you got, you know, yeah, I mean, oh, yeah. that's the motivation right there. Like, it man, is. if they still going, I got to keep going. I found my pacer. You know what I'm saying? I'm running with this girl. Hell yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And everybody helps each other. So it's a it's a pretty dope community, you know. Yeah, and I, and I can I can see it being very th therapeutic, like it was for you, dog. Yeah, you know, very therapeutic. Like just take your mind out of the bullshit, dog, and just focus on the task at hand, dog. Yeah, you know what I mean. And that is twenty six miles of the suck. The suck. <laughs> yeah, man. And and there's no quitting. You know what I'm saying? And um, I, I found out I was adopted, man. Um, pretty much like uh, two years later, and that shit was wild. You know? So you found out you're adopted when again? I'm sorry. So my mom passed away at the end of 2013. So you didn't find out you were adopted after till she after passed that. away. So she took two, it to the grave. Wow, bro, that's that's crazy, dog. That's a that's a crazy way to find that shit out. I mean, if you don't mind me asking, bro, how did you find that out? Uh, through my sister. Yeah. Yeah. She said, "Hey, hey, check it out, fucking uh, Billboard Live." Um, yeah. Did she call you Billboard Live? Uh, no, they call me Memo. Memo. Okay. Yeah. Check it out, Memo. You know what I mean? Uh, what, what, I know. Why do we, what, what, what era do we live in? That we're just <laughs> we're calling uh, you know we're calling motherfuckers Guillermo. by their but, you know what I'm saying we're calling motherfuckers by their Instagram handle. Yeah, you know what I mean? Bill, <laughs> William, Guillermo. You know what I'm saying? It, yeah. yeah, I got so many different nicknames, but uh, yeah, so you just running with all of them. Yeah, all of them, bro. Yeah. It, it came up in a conversation before my mom died. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And uh, my sister was like, you know, I, I know the secret. You know what I'm saying? But uh, I'm gonna let mom tell you. If if mom doesn't tell you, then we'll, we'll talk. Well. That day came and went, and two years later, she told me. It was wild. Yeah, and that, and that, that kind of like threw a monkey wrench in your, the feelings and everything you were going through already, right? Oh, yeah. And you, and you wanted, uh, you had questions you wanted answers to, right? Yeah, it was crazy. I mean, it, you can feel so alone in this world, you know what I'm saying? You, you'd be like, fuck, I don't have any biological blood. You know what I'm saying? That, that shit was, that was the mind fuck. Have you, have you ever done the fucking uh, the DNA test to kind of like, uh, you know? The ancestry yeah, DNA answer, to see answer, where? Yeah. Nah. I, I, I've been wanting to do it. I haven't done it, though. You know, where it tells you where you're from and all that stuff. But uh, I'm sure I'll show all kinds of Spanish blood since I'm from Guadalajara, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, man, it, it was, uh, that was the crazy shit right there, bro. And, uh, and you know, nobody, we, they don't teach us in high school how to do FICO scores and all that shit. And I don't have a fancy degree or anything. You know what I'm saying? I'm a, I'm a self-made man, you know? And I had to learn along the way. So, fuck, man. You know, I'm, I'm, I find out I'm adopted. You know what I'm saying? I, I went through losing my mom. And I was like, well, shit. You know what I'm saying? My mom uh, did all that for me and uh, loved me so much that she took it to the grave. I got to make her proud. 
And so, man, that lit a fire under my ass, bro. And I wanted to just be super successful. And, uh, and my way of paying it back was I'm going to help as many people as I can in life, you know what I'm saying, to elevate their game in, in whether it's getting healthy, whether it's financial, you know what I'm saying, uh, on an income level, whatever it is, gaining wealth, you know, fucking happiness, getting through anxiety. That was just a promise that I made, bro. And I started doing like public speaking with the troubled youth and shit. You know, I went down to the Chino uh, Youth Authority and started going and, and talking to those guys and talking to them, but they can get out of it. You know what I'm saying? And uh, How did you get involved with that, if you don't mind me asking? So through my work, we do, uh, we do like volunteer work and we work with different charities, right? Kind of like outreach programs yeah. and stuff. Yeah, so we do that. And so uh, through one of the job fairs, it was a recruiter. I started talking to her and she was involved in that stuff. And uh, she started, we had a long talk. And she's like, I just love your vibe. And I was like, man, I, I'm just different. You know, and we just talked and she got to know me and she's like, man, your story is crazy. I wanna, how can we get you to help others? And yeah. uh, it first started in Pasadena. I went down, talked to some troubled youth, you know what I'm saying? Just did a mentorship program with them. And then uh, she got me into the Chino one and I went down there. And, and you know, it, what, what sucks is you watch some of those sheriffs and you know, they're, they're fucking assholes to those guys, man. They don't give a shit about them. They're like, oh, I don't know why you're wasting your time with these guys. And I'm like, well, that's the problem. You know what I'm saying? I'm trying to help them. Yeah, that's, that's the problem. Uh, you, need to, you, need to, you need to give me your uniform. Yeah. You, know what I mean? you know what I'm saying? Like, he's like, don't be exchanging personal information with them. And I was like, oh, man. That's, that's a part of helping somebody. Yeah, bro. Here's my personal number. Yeah. Motherfucker. I was trying. <laughs> yeah. And they didn't let me. Yeah. So he blocked me on that shit. And so, you know, I, I still do whatever I can uh, with that. And... I love trying to pay it forward, man. I'm just trying to pay it back. Absolutely, brother. Absolutely, bro. Thank you, bro. Love that shit, bro. Love that Hell shit, yeah. baby. Um, and also, we have, uh, we, got, we got Junior. So since Junior is our surprised uh, guest here, um, Junior, give us a little background, bro, with the Flourish and Prosper, bro. You know what I mean? Of, of what you do, why you're here, so on and so forth, baby. Let's go. Flourish and Prosper, man. That's, you know, it's been a movement for a while already. Uh, started with the Area 51 crew. Uh, you know, I guess that's how we met a lot of the, you know, the network that we have, uh, you, yourself included, uh, 27 Junkies, uh, Area 51, man, that, that was really the start of a lot of um, my network, my early network, and, you know, the way we used to do kind of just business, I guess, right? Throwing parties, uh, trying to make money whatever way we could. Got into um, hosting a website, uh, back in the day called the 9-1 Sickness. And uh, it was me and two other people who pretty much uh, owned it and ran it. And, you know, we used to talk to just artists, like uh, rappers and, you know, producers. And it was like the beginnings of like a, like a, I guess you could say like a social network for, for different people, right? So from 9-1 Sickness, uh, that turned into raptalk.net. And it turned into a West Coast uh, hip hop network that included like West Coast Riders, Dub CNN. You know, it was just a huge network of, of hip hop websites that we used to do. So um, from that, it evolved. You know, I, I actually kind of fell out of love with rap and hip hop for a while. And uh, I was fortunate enough to, to uh, start working in the Spanish industry with, you know, the corridos and the. Uh, the banda and all that stuff. So that was a whole nother world for me right there. Just, you know, going through that. Uh, I used to work for the Que Buena, which was, you know, one of the biggest uh, radio broadcasters for corrido music and banda music out here in LA. 
I uh, did all their web department. I was uh, head of their web department, did all the websites for them, all the digital stuff. And then uh, from there, moved over to Marillo Media, where uh, I got to work in the hip hop industry again. And, you know, that was more like uh, K-Day. Now they, now they own Power 106. Uh, you know, and I led the digital department there. And from that, uh, branched off into my own thing with Flourish and Prosper in 2013. Uh, Bill's one of the early people in the movement from, I mean, just, he's been one of my best friends forever too. So, you know, he's, he's always been a part of everything, rap talk. He's always been a part of sickness, everything that was, that was, that was going on back then. So, um, yeah, that was a network, man. And you fast forward to now, uh, it's a whole new game, you know, it's a whole new, it's a whole new movement now, you know, so content, 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 and now we're moving into crypto and blockchain and all this stuff. So uh, we kind of started pivoting over to smart contracts and blockchain technology and uh, NFTs and the utility of what the blockchain could do for us. So yeah, that's in a, in a real short little span right there. That's what, you know, that's the little journey. That's awesome, Dob. You got you got a you got a that's a crazy resume you got going on right there, G. You know what I mean, and I'm I'm happy you're here, bro. And uh, so I mean, with that, yeah, Junior, a flourish and prosper, baby. You know yeah, I mean? man, and shout out to you, Lucky man. I, I you know from the from day one, I seen this podcast grow, man. You, this is what we're talking about right here: entrepreneurship. You know, getting shit done, making it happen. And you know, Hoodstock's podcast, man. I saw that come from an Instagram post, a Facebook post to. What it is, 100 fucking episodes now, man. It's <laughs> yeah. fucking crazy. You doubled up 50 racks. You know what I mean? Like, that's, we're at 100 now. Yeah. It's going to be dope, man. I hope, I hope that 100 episode is a, is a game changer, man. It's just, you know, parabolic from here. You'll, you'll, you'll learn more about parabolic with Bill right now. <laughs> Absolutely, dog, because I don't know what the fuck that means. <laughs> <laughs> parabolic. Parabolic. <laughs> yeah, we're going we, we to get into that. And, and thank you, brother. Thank you. I mean, it's, it's been a... a it's been a journey, dog, and it's been a it's been one of my greatest journeys, dog. Let's say that, dog, because when you when you put your heart into something, bro, and you start seeing, um, you know, you start seeing the numbers, you start seeing uh, people, you know, reaching out and support from the community, and not just the LA community, but all over California, all over the world. I mean, it's amazing, and I'm and I feel very privileged and very thankful. Uh, that people are actually supporting this, you know. And when I started this, I said, you know, we're gonna we're gonna keep this shit one thousand percent. You know what I mean? Even yeah. if it's the detriment of me, you know what I mean? If I'm telling the dirtiest story about myself, bro, <laughs> because you can't lie to the streets, dog. But that's that's why you have as many subscribers as you have now in such a short amount of time, man. Because you're real, you you keep it real, and you and you keep it going, man. So congrats on that, man, and on on staying real. Because it's 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 easy to sell out. Let me tell you, I've seen a lot of that shit. Because I've been in that industry, so it's real easy to sell out, man. So congrats to you, bro. I, we've worked together in the past, too. We were very, very fortunate to put out that, uh, that uh, early uh, album for you, too. And, uh, yeah, man, from there, I, you know, I, I, I've seen your hustle, bro. So congrats, brother. Relentless, baby. Thank you. Um, all right, so here we go. Here we go. Back to the main scene with the homie William, Bill, Memo. Yeah. Get him on. Billboard Live. Billboard Live, baby. So this, this fucking cryptocurrency, dog, this Bitcoin, if you can break it down in an elementary way for people that don't know it, and then as, as you do that, we can, you know, elevate yeah. the, the, the information, right? Yeah, 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 for sure. So, I mean, I think that the, 
the previous introduction to it was perfect, right? You got to talk about money, right? Because that's the whole purpose of why Bitcoin came to be. You know what I'm saying? It's like you have centralized money right now. The, the, the banking structure is centralized, right? Which means that there's one authority that controls the money, the monetary system, right? And they set the rules. So they make the rules. They set the rules. They can change it at any time, right? So like what happened in India two years back, to try and avoid corruption, they said that two of these different types of their currency were not legitimate anymore. So imagine if they said, you know what, the $1 bill, we're going to get rid of it because the strip clubs are full of them. We don't want motherfuckers going to the strip club spending $1 bills anymore, you know what I'm saying? Trying to buy your nickel on the street, fuck that. The $1 bill is obsolete, and they just cancel it, bro. And now all that money that you got that's a $1 bill isn't worth shit. They make the rules, bro. They can do whatever they want. That's how it works in a centralized monetary system, right? So in the past, let's go back to like what money is. Money is a value, right? It's a transfer of value of something, right? So hundreds of years ago, motherfuckers are carrying around bags of salt, right? Salt, wheat, gold bars. I got this gold bar for you and this is worth $1,000, right? Well, you know, in today's system, it doesn't work because as we started, how are you going to go buy this beer with a gold bar? You're going to break off a piece of it and pay with your gold bar, right? So in the past, money was, we trusted in something to be of value that later on we could actually use that and cash that out for something, right? Or purchase something with it, right? So it was, it was the trust in something that was in the physical form when it was salt, wheat, gold, and stuff like that, right? As the years progressed, right, it got to a point to where, and on the previous show they alluded to this around the gold, right? So that gold standard, well, in the past, you could take that gold bar, right, and you can go to the bank and give it to them, and they would give you receipts, which were dollar bills, right? $1,000 in bills, right? And in any, any given time, though, you could go back, before they changed that, the whole system with the gold back in the dollar, you could go back, take the gold bar, and get your, I mean, take the $1,000 back, and get your gold physical bar back, right? Because it was backed by gold. Well, when that changed... The government said, we're no longer going to go with backing it with gold, right? Now, you're just going to trust that the government will be liable for the dollar that you have, that it's worth that dollar. There's nothing physically backing it anymore, right? So like now, the money that you got in your wallet, it's not physically backed by anything by the government. They're just telling you, you need to trust me that that's what it's worth, right? So instead of trusting in a physical form like we did before... Now we're just trusting in somebody to tell us that, yeah, that dollar bill is worth $1. That $5 bill is worth $5 because I told you. But I can change the rules at any given time because I'm the central authority when it comes to that type of a monetary system, right? So if you think about it, in 2008 with the subprime crash of the, the housing market, right? Yeah, the recession. The recession, right? Um, there was like close to 1,000 businesses that were bailed out I think it was like 600 and something billion dollars. They were bailed out, right? The government came in and said, they don't owe that money. They just wiped it clean, bro. That's, that's them changing the rules, making the rules as they want. You know what? You don't owe any of that money. What? <laughs> what do you mean they don't owe any of that money? How come they don't do that to, to college debt? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. To, why don't you come and clear my mortgage? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I lost my job. Yeah. But, but they only did it to those businesses, right? Because they control, they're in charge of the rules. That's how it works, right? In a central uh, monetary system. It, it, so 
Bitcoin in 2008, Satoshi, right? Well, nobody knows who Satoshi is, right? Um, there's a lot of different rumors out there, right? People think it's one guy that coded, right? Or a group of coders, or you, know, you can get more down that rabbit hole and people will think it's one of the government agencies that are behind it, right? But at the end of the day, whoever it was, right, created a currency that could be decentralized, right? That didn't have to have an authority. It doesn't have a central, it's not a central bank controlling it, right? So Bitcoin, it's basically, it's blockchain technology, right? And even in the white paper for Bitcoin, it actually never even says blockchain. It says chain of blocks, right? And we'll get into blockchain a little bit later, right? So, but what they said was, in this white paper was that it's a currency that doesn't have to have a central authority and that's public, right? It's a public ledger, which means that when you go to the bank and you have money in your bank, right? So how the bank controls how people move their money around and who owns how much, it's on their computer, right? You don't have access to it though. You can't see how much he has, how much he has, you can only see how much money you have on there, right? It's not public, it's private. And, and they can manipulate that all they want, right? People can make false accounts, fake money. You know what I'm saying? We print money like crazy, right? You can you, add a zero there. You can add a zero, Digitally. right? I mean, and so what Bitcoin was, it, the, the problem with fiat currencies is the double spend, the ability to counterfeit dollar bills, right? Or duplicate that money illegally, Right? Well, with Bitcoin, you can't. You can't illegally duplicate it. You know what I'm saying? It, it takes away the double spend. It takes away the fraud. It makes it an open source ledger that everybody has access to. And so there's no corruption in there. There's no manipulation. There's no authority that can manipulate Bitcoin. So whatever it is that each person holds in Bitcoin, nobody can come and change the amount that you own. In Bitcoin, they can't say, oh, you know what? I'm going to freeze your funds because I don't like the activity you were doing, right? You were getting into some weird shit. The government can freeze your account, right? In a centralized monetary system. They can say, oh, you know what? Like, I know people it's happened to, right? In the banking, right? You're a broker. Somebody's doing fraudulent stuff under your license. They can freeze your funds while they investigate you, right? Uh, when it comes to uh, Bitcoin, nobody can freeze your funds. They can't come in and freeze your Bitcoin and take it away from you. You own it. Now, when you look at that public ledger, it shows the addresses and the wallets, right, of people, like transactions, it'll show, right? So like if, you, if somebody transfers, you know, $100,000 of Bitcoin from this wallet address to this one, it'll show it on the public ledger, but it's private. It doesn't show who it was. Nobody can see who sent it and who owns that wallet. Every wallet address is, is private. So it has the privacy, but the public um, view to it to make sure that there's no manipulation in it, if that makes, you know, if that, that makes, makes sense. That makes beautiful sense, dog. Thank you, dog, for yeah, breaking that you know shit what I'm down. Saying? That was, that's, that's dope, dog, I mean? And, and I was, while you were talking, bro, I was like, damn, it was, it's a perfect way for drug dealers to launder their money. That's what it was before. And that's why... They didn't like Bitcoin, you know what I'm saying? Because before, it's that dark web, right? There was a lot of money laundering. Yeah. It's still an unregulated market. You know what I'm saying? There's no regulation there yet. And so, where do you think money probably gets washed? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. as people understand it and they know how to move that money around, of course, 
there's a lot of, you know, bad money that's probably moving around, I'm sure. I mean, you know, you, you've heard North Korea, they were hacking uh, computers and like systems and exchanges. Man, they hack all kinds of Bitcoins. I don't even know the amount. I don't even know if Junior's heard that, that dollar amount, but I know that North Korea has a group of hackers that just hack for Bitcoin, bro. Because, you know, the, all the sanctions and cutting them off, well, fuck, if you, if you can get a ton of Bitcoin, shit, you got money. Nobody can freeze that you asset. You got a global currency at that point. Yeah. You know, so, so it, it's, a, it's a currency. Bitcoin was created to be a currency, right? And you can only ever mine 21 million of them, right? Um, Satoshi, if I'm not mistaken, I believe that Satoshi's believed to have had like about 3 million of those. I believe, if I'm not mistaken. Then you've got, you know, Bitcoins that have been lost on different exchanges. You know what I'm saying? And, and wallet addresses where people, you know, don't have access to them. They lost the codes or, you know what I'm saying? The computer that they had their Bitcoin on fucking went to the landfill. I've heard tons of stories like that. You know what I'm saying? Uh, so you got to think about that, how many have been lost. So, you know, I've watched different people say different numbers, but the number that I've kind of heard is that you'll only really have access to about 17 million. Bitcoin. I don't know if the number is exactly on. It's kind of a guess, right? So, so there's only in existence to to own Bitcoin, which is uh, seventy five thousand dollars, um, fifty seven thousand dollars for to own one Bitcoin, right? Yeah. I mean, why why wouldn't I mean a millionaire just come in and just you know can they purchase three million dollars of Bitcoin? Absolutely, and, and all but, of those but, Bitcoins haven't been mined yet. Right. Because you're still they're still mining. That's still going on. But absolutely, man, there's so there's whales. They call them whales in this market. Right. Um, those are the big players in, uh, in crypto. And so those whales, um, man, w when you have such a market cap that's small right now. Right. You think of the stock market. I think the stock market, when you look at the market cap, it's up towards one hundred trillion dollars. Right. The market cap in in the crypto world right now, I think it's about two trillion, a little over that right now. I, I should pay attention to that more. Right. About two trillion. So if you think about that, that's small compared to the stock market. Right. So when you get these big players that come into the crypto world and they call them whales and you start pumping coins. Right. Those whales in a small pond, they make big ripples. You know what I'm saying? So that's how you'll see different cryptos will pump. When a whale gets behind them or a couple whales get behind them, they say, all right, we're going to pump this coin. There's pumping dumps all over the place, right? You know what I'm saying? So I'll give you an example. Like Elon Musk, right? And Mark Cuban, they're pumping this Dogecoin like crazy right now. They're talking about it. It's getting pumped, right? It's up to like 71 cents the last time I looked, right? Um, insider trading doesn't exist in the cryptocurrency world. It's unregulated, right? So if I was Elon Musk and I had that type of a platform, shit, I would buy like a billion dollars worth of Dogecoin and start tweeting it. Who's going to stop me from doing that? Pump the shit out of that crypto. I would. You know what I'm saying? So you, you never really know if there's pump and dumping going on with, the, what, with what he's doing. I don't know exactly. We'll see, right, how Dogecoin ends. Um, but when you see different coins, you can have pumps. You know, all of a sudden, a whale will get behind one, pump the shit out of it, right? Everybody sees it skyrocketing. What's going to happen? Everybody pours into a stock like what happened with the Robin Hood, right? Everybody saw AMC. They're like, oh, shit, I'm GameStop. I'm getting in. I'm getting in. I'm getting in. Well, guess what? Somebody's got to hold the bag, right? When they start selling. And uh, if you're left holding the bag at the top, somebody's pulling money, you know, and let's say something pumps up to $200, $300 like GameStop did, right? 
Well, people started selling. Well, guess what? Those that didn't sell, they're still sitting with their bag up here at the top at that price, right? And the big players, they're cashing out. Cashing out, yeah, yeah. that makes sense. Because so, so, so after, uh, after the podcast with Joe Rocket, shout out to Joe Rocket, appreciate you, my G, for coming through, dog. You know what I mean? I just, I, I, you, you just kind of ignited a, 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 a little bit of a, a bonfire underneath me that I wanted to explore this more. And this, this is most definitely won't be the last uh, Bitcoin podcast we're gonna do. We're gonna keep doing them because I'm, I'm interested, you know what I mean? Uh, but so I went, and I have the, what is it, the Cash App. Cash App. I went in the Cash App, dog, and I put $50 in it, dog. Just to, you know what I mean? Just to, you know, see what the fuck it does. And I noticed that there, it fluctuates. Yeah. The money fluctuates from day to day. Sometimes it will be up a certain percentage. Sometimes it will be down a per- certain percentage. So that's kind of like, I mean, the more money that you put in, the more, uh, the more your money's going to fluctuate. Yeah. You know, to the top at the bottom, whatever. But so that's basically... And, and but what what makes this? You said it's the whales, the whales that come and they hit it, it, it and, and so when they hit it with a bunch of money, then it goes up. It, it's that also with uh, with people they call it FOMO, right? The fear of missing out. So if I see a coin pumping, you know what I'm saying, and I'm watching, I'm watching crypto, and I'm like, oh shit, this thing's pumping like twenty percent. Fuck, I need to get in that before that that runs, right? Everybody starts pouring into that coin, boom, 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 that pumps it even more. So you got a combination of different investors right you've got the whales the big players right then you've got these expert traders they're they're traders they know how to scalp swing trades uh long-term trading these guys are like snipers man they know how to read those charts get in and out experience right it it seems like it's i don't mean to cut you off but sorry bro but it seems like it's almost like a game of poker dog oh yeah i mean you got to know you know when to hold and when to fold you know what i mean very psychological yeah Yeah. very psychological right you know i mean you put your money in there you know you put a big lump sum the percentage is up and, and and you cash that wave then you pull your money out yep you know you cash out yeah i mean it's a casino right now it's a casino we're not at mass adoption yet you know, everybody's, uh, there's fundamentals. Yeah, there's fundamentals coming into this market, right? And there's a lot of great projects and potential, but we're still, we're still very early. You know what I'm saying? So there's still, it's really volatile. So when, when we, when we, uh, I want to revisit the project thing again, bro. You know what I mean? So break it down to me again, bro. It, it, Joe, uh, Joe Rocket did his thing. Break it, break down what a project is, bro. So crypto, like a cryptocurrency project, right? So they're different projects, like every coin is a project? Every coin has a different um, fundamental aspect of the, of, the, of the space that they want to do. You know what I'm saying? And Junior's really good in this space, too. That's also why I brought him. Um, they're, so they're, they're, just, oh, actually, just to yeah. break off of, of what? Yeah, yeah. That's kind of what a white paper is, right? A white paper kind of says, like, hey, I'm going to write what I want this cryptocurrency to be at the end of the day. I, I, I want it to you know, be for this industry and I want to use it like this and I want to make sure that, you know, these types of people have access to it. So the white paper kind of lays out the technology. So a white paper is the project. That's your project. That's okay. kind of like okay. your blueprint of your project. It's like your mission statement. Your This is what we're, we're set out to do. These are the values. It's almost like the Constitution of the United States, right? The forefathers wrote the Constitution because they wanted that to happen forever. And... That's basically what a white paper is. It's like, this is the constitution for this particular project, which can turn into a blockchain uh, project. It can turn into a coin. Uh, and, you know, there's... The difference. The difference between blockchain and a, and a coin project. Can you break that down, bro? Yeah, so 
basically the blockchain is everything, right? It's the it's like the operating system, you can call it. Uh, you know, you have programs that run on an operating system. You have, you know, data that runs through an operating system. Uh, the blockchain is basically what runs a cryptocurrency. Uh, when you're dealing with something like Ethereum, you have a smart blockchain, which contains smart contracts. And now you can really, like, you could really have utility with it. And that's why there's these things called decentralized exchanges now where you can go and directly trade with somebody like I can say, hey, Billy, you got five Ethereums. Well, let me trade you half of a Bitcoin for that one. And we could do that just literally over, you know, kind of just me and him. There you go. Boom. It's done. So when you get down to it, the blockchain is an operating system and you program on the operating system what you want to do. Got you. Got you. And so the blockchain is a part of the project then. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. And then. A blockchain can contain other elements, too. For instance, uh, like if you go into Ethereum, the Ethereum blockchain has smart contracts. And one thing is an ERC-22 token, right? Or ERC-20 token. Uh, it's basically what Ethereum, uh, the ETC token is, or the ER, uh, what is it? ETH token, right? What you're buying on Coinbase, what you're buying on Binance is the ETH token. You can buy the ETC token. Uh, that's a certain kind of standard on the blockchain because then you get into NFTs and that's a whole nother standard on the same blockchain, right? So there's different things that you can do on a blockchain, especially when it's uh, just programming pretty, pretty much. Got you, got you. So, so I'm going to switch the camera back over to here. So for cats that are just catching this wave, for cats that are just watching this podcast and you know you 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 got the you got the fucking uh, 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 electricity going through their brain right now. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just popping around. I'm like, oh shit! Like, what is the what is the like the best way to get into a, a Bitcoin or a project or a what is it? Ethereum? Uh, I mean, what is the what Dif is the, different cryptocurrencies yeah. like to invest in these different projects? Right? Yeah. What would you? I mean, what would you? I mean, if you were putting somebody a close friend up to you on game, what would you? Uh, what direction would you point them in? Okay, so I've, I've been helping a ton of people with this. You know what I'm saying? I think as it's growing, you know, and I, I started posting stuff on Instagram, you know, trying to help people out and show different charts. And so I, I get messages all the time and they go, hey, you know, I'm buying on Robinhood. And I'm like, I mean, it's so crazy. That's how early we are that most people go to like Robinhood, you know, and Robinhood only has seven cryptos on it, which is Doge is one of them, right? So if you think about it, the ones that were pumping that GameStop and AMC, well, a lot of them are probably in this doge, too, because, well, it's easy, right? The problem with Robinhood is you don't physically own your crypto. Like, you can't transfer it out. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I own it. I can buy and sell it. I can set orders and stuff. But I can't have, like, a mobile app, you know, a mobile wallet on my phone and transfer that crypto to where I physically have. I control it, right? So, so stay the fuck away from Robinhood, then. Yeah, I mean... I think yeah, Joe, I think yeah. Joe, Joe Rocket was saying the same yeah, thing too. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't fuck with Robinhood. Whatever, what happened with Robinhood is, I mean, in <laughs> short term, right? They just blocked the ability to to trade. Yeah, which which severely limits. Uh, uh, Robinhood was made for the everyday person, you, me, everybody that just wants to get into crypto or wants to get into stocks and can't afford an entire certificate. I can buy a little piece of it or whatever, right? So they made it really easy. They fractionalized it. And in doing that, you don't really own it. 
You, it's, so it's, it's, a, it's a fucking scam, bro. It's like an IOU. It's like saying, hey, we're going to yeah. hold it for you right here. You just got to trust us <laughs> to hold it, and we're going to yeah. hold your money, too. It, it, we should have read the, read the white paper, right? Yeah. There you go. I mean, it's I mean, a fucked hey, up project. My boy's on it now, see? <laughs> yeah, he's hey, got hey, it. Hey, he's going to be on, on the... Yeah, he's going to be writing white papers. Yeah, you don't, you don't physically own it well, this is with the, Robin Hood. This is, this is why I wanted to have this, because I want to have an understanding. Uh, I want to have a complete understanding, bro. You know what I mean? Like I'm like we we've done in the podcast about religion and this and that. You know what I mean? And we rode that wave. If if people know that the 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 track record of Hoodstocks is when we were on that, we didn't just stop on that. We kept going on that. Yeah. You know what I mean? And now I'm on this crypto shit, and I'm pulling you motherfuckers with me, dog. Like let's get on this shit, yeah. dog. Let's get some money together, dog. Let me have let me let me bring the fucking the 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 the, the greatest minds in the hood. You know what I mean? Yeah, bro. To the platform so they can put us up on game and shit dog so yeah so now i'm starting to like you know i'm starting to understand it a little bit more bro yeah you know it's early it's still early. you are definitely early my because man. i mean a lot of people don't even know where to go buy it you know what i'm saying they're going to robin hood well you know it seems like a lot of the 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 younger generation you know like the 20 year old kids the 20 year old homies you know our kids right uh they, they're like compared to like the old heads uh, they're on it. Oh, they're on it. I mean, if you want to, if you want to, like, it, there's only, uh, you know, uh, there's, well, in my crowd, bro, or my circle, whatever you want to call it, uh, the youngsters, bro, they, they, I'll be hearing them talking about that oh, for yeah. a long time already, bro. Yeah. Like my sons, my son and his friends, they'll be talking, oh yeah, blah, 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 blah. And it was like, they were talking Chinese to me, dog. I was like, man, homie, roll the blunt, bro. You know what I mean? Roll me on Jack Cole, You're like, bro. Shit. Then what the fuck these fools talking about? Dog? Turn the music up, dog. <laughs> But but that was my ignorance, bro. That was my ignorance, dog. I just thought it was just like you know. But but, but what I was getting at though, dog, is a, the re, a reason why a lot of these youngsters are on it too is because of Cash App, bro. Yeah, Cash yeah. App. I been. I mean, I didn't even fuck with Cash App before, bro. I, I will fuck with all, all the other all the other uh, 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 platforms, bro. Yeah, you know what I mean. But the Cash App makes it easy, dog. I mean, that's, a, a that's the key point to entry right there. Is yeah. frictionless. Making it, it easy. Make it, it easy. easy for somebody to be able to transact. I can send you $5 right now over Cash App just by scanning your QR code. And yeah. boom, you got it. Instant. Like, that shit's easy now, right? Like, everything, they've been conditioning us to make it easy. Credit cards, uh, touchless payments now, right? Apple Pay, all this shit. Like, before, you had to touch your phone and you had to do the whole, you know, fingerprint. And then you had to do this. And then you had to look. And then you had to. Now, it's literally, look. Boom, bling, approved. Amazing. Yeah. Frictionless. Technology, baby. Technology. Yeah, and so, you know, that whole uh, Robin Hood thing. So I, I tell people, okay, you got it on Robin Hood. The problem is that you can't transfer that to the exchanges that I'm about to suggest to you, right? So that's the problem. It's stuck there. So what is Robin Hood doing, bro, to this day? Like, are they just pulling the biggest heist in the world, bro? Or what? Well, well, I mean, what it is is... The biggest I'm, bank robbery? I mean, technically... You own it, you just don't physically own it. It's you know an IOU, it's man. It's an IOU, yeah. It's an IOU. And yeah. you just gotta you just gotta believe that they're gonna <laughs> You gotta believe that they don't yeah. skip. Let on me you. do this right now, because I know these dudes are calling in already, bro, and they got my number, dog. What's up, hey. you on Hoodstocks? Talk to us. Hey, fuck you, Lucky. Thank you, baby. I love you. Where are you calling from, Dougie? Hey, hey, I'm calling from Dallas, Texas. Dallas, Texas, baby. Let's go. Dallas. Hey, I I love your podcast, bro. I love you too, dog. Thank you, bro, for fucking yeah. with it. Yeah. 
Okay. That's dope. Lane's that dope, yeah. Man, much respect. Say no more. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, <laughs> I didn't even put the number up, but we'll, I'll put the number up soon so you guys can ask these guys any questions yeah. you want. Yeah. But this is a gentleman that has uh, my number already um, because, you know, it's always the same number in the chat line. Yeah, Maybe yeah. It's, my, it's my fucking... <laughs> Hell yeah, bro. It's my landline. <laughs> Gotta show some love. <laughs> yeah, you know? but so, so the best way to get into crypto, Bitcoin, is basically... You know what's where the easiest way is. You know, and yeah. It's- so I use I use three different exchanges personally. Um, so you know, I know Joe. He mentioned Coinbase. Um, Coinbase. One of the reasons why I do like Coinbase also is because they just did. They went public. You know what I'm saying? In the United States, their stock is listed. And so when you when you look at it in that sense, you know the 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 chance of that exchange disappearing with all your money. I mean, it, it's very low risk, you know what I'm saying, going on Coinbase. And Coinbase does do a very thorough job of adding projects that are compliant, you know what I'm saying, that are compliant in the United States. Obviously, they won't, they won't launch them on there. Um, they do a lot of due diligence to get them on. I also use Binance USA, not as much. I used to use Binance when it was the exchange out of China. Uh, but what happened was, as US, the US wants to get their money, right? They want to tax that crypto. Um, because of U.S. regulation, Binance had to kick all of the U.S. users off of their platform, and then they had to create Binance USA. And what sucks is that a lot of those cryptos that were available on that original Binance that's still operating, they're not on the U.S. one because they're not U.S. Uh, compliant. It's basically you know another Coinbase. It's, yeah, it's another Coinbase now. You know what I'm saying? And so when somebody goes public, uh, when you, you use the word going public, it's basically uh, licensed to drive. It's as legit as possible. Your money is safe here. I mean, when you go public, it's now you are pushed into the stock market? Now they're publicly traded on the stock market. Okay. Coinbase is. They, they had an IPO, right? And it launched. I think it started at about, you know, pumped up to like $300. I think right now it's sitting at about like $250. Um, but, you know, it's a publicly traded stock now, you know, in the United States. And it's a crypto exchange, which is huge, though, for the crypto world, if you think about it, because people that didn't know about crypto, right, then all of a sudden you hear about this Coinbase, and you're like, what the fuck is Coinbase? You look it up, and you're like, oh, it's a cryptocurrency exchange. Oh, shit, what is that? Oh, I can get Bitcoin, I can do that? Boom. So, you know, people come into Coinbase, you're getting a lot of new users, and if you remember as a kid growing up, looking on the, you know, watching TV and stuff, like it was an event for a company to go public and ring that bell at the stock market. I Is mean, that, that why they ring that bell? Yeah. That's a, when that's they're going a, public. When they go public. That's, a, that's why you ring the bell. Bro, to this day, I'm 44 years old, dog. And every time they ring that bell, I'm just like, what yeah. is it? Is it but, lunchtime? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I thought it was right? lunchtime, dog. No, honestly, I it's thought. It's happy it, hour. I, yeah. Right? But you know about the ringing of the bell, right? You know about that. You know about... I do now, bro. I did know, it before. You know that they rang the bell, but you just didn't know why. I didn't know why they rang the bell, dog. I just thought... I, you know, honestly, in my head, when, I, when I'd flick through that fucking channel and all of a sudden they showed the, these men in suits and the dude is up on top of that fucking mm-hmm. uh, platform, whatever yeah. the fuck he's on, and he rings that bell, I thought that there's, they, maybe they hit a, a, a projective or they hit a peak... You yeah. know what I mean? They hit that top of the mountain where they wanted to be at, where everybody gets money, dog. You know what I mean? That, that was just my, you know, educated fucking thought. Or- but that's what they ingrain in your head. Like, we're going we're gonna to at least dedicate these 30 seconds of every newscast at 12, at 3, and at 7, or whenever the newscast happened, to 
ring that bell and just to put an image of that bell ringing. And now growing up, that's what you see. Everybody growing up, that's what you see. A, a, a company going public. That's a big deal. So that big deal is now Coinbase. Yeah. Coinbase is that big deal. Like, okay, these motherfuckers at Coinbase rang the bell at Wall, on Wall Street and now it's a publicly traded company, which means anybody now, like you, me, anybody can go on and, and try to get try to get some uh, Coinbase stock. Absolutely. So how do we, how do, uh, Billboard Live, how do you uh, play the game, bro? What is, what is your strategy, bro? Like, do you, I mean, do you put money in and take it out? I mean, or do you, uh, Homeboy was talking about hodling it. Yeah. When I think the, the, the term is uh, just like leaving it there and seeing just what it does, like. Yeah, there's, uh, there's different strategies, right? So before I go, so it was Coinbase, Binance, and KuCoin. And I know he mentioned KuCoin. I like KuCoin because it's a Hong Kong exchange, uh, but you, as a U.S. user, you don't have to verify on there that you're a U.S. user. You can sign up and you can trade on there. You can't cash out, though, because you haven't verified as a U.S. user, right? So I can buy Bitcoin on Binance or Coinbase, even from your cash app, right? You could send it to your KuCoin, trade on it, on all those different cryptos that are not available in the U.S., and then you can cash out in Bitcoin or Ethereum or in USDT, which is a stable coin for a dollar. And you can send that back to those other exchanges to cash out. Wow. So there's real, there's ways to there's navigate around oh, that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you can use VPNs that will show that, you know, when you initially sign up, if you sign up with a VPN that shows that you're in a different country. So if I put I'm from the, you know, I use a VPN that shows I'm logging on from the Netherlands, I could sign on to Binance and create an account if I've never gone to that site before. The problem was that when I got kicked off, I couldn't use a VPN to operate on that Binance one because I had already verified myself as a US <coughs> user. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But like, let's say you went to the old Binance and you used the VPN and said, I'm signing on from the Netherlands. You could sign up for that Binance using a VPN because it never shows that you're in the United States. And I mean, is it is it illegal? Is it, you know, is it something you can go to jail for, Don? Is it kind of like uncharted waters? Well, like there's no real no, regulation. No, on because it? it's not regulated. Yeah, it's not regulated. It, it, the only thing that would be would be if they went after you for tax evasion. If you're cashing out, you know what I'm saying, and uh, you're not paying your taxes. But at the end of the day, that'd probably be the first thing they. Go that'd probably after, be the yeah. first thing. Yeah, IRS it, always wants their money. And so, what what is the big thing about having to navigate <laughs> through that? And, and not saying that you're a U.S. resident. I mean, the Hong Kong exchange. Yeah. I mean, what is there is is that just a bigger like a bigger pool of money that you can grab from and pull to here? I mean, how do you trade? Like, what it, is it, the? It's a bigger uh, pool of cryptos that I can trade. You know what I'm saying? And uh, and so at the end of the day, though, I'm trying to stack Bitcoin. You know what I'm saying? And more Ethereum, because that's the big one. That's the main one. And so I trade to acquire more Bitcoin. You know what I'm saying? And what is trading? So there's different types of trades. So you can do, there's scalp traders. Scalp traders are the ones that are like getting in and getting out. They're short period, low time frame trades, right? So that like Junior does a lot of scalping, right? So you, you read the chat, the, the charts, the patterns, right? There's different indicators that you can look at from like, you know, moving averages and momentum, volume. And you can say, you know what, from this point, I think it's going to pop up. You know what I'm saying? And so you can put a, a buy entry and let that baby ride. You know what I'm saying? In a short time frame. And when it's going to uh, drop, you sell it. 
You're just you're just doing like short term quick trading. Okay, so let me open up my cash app real quick, dog. Let's just let's just get real fucking uh let's get let's get down to the basics for me. Like I'm 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 kind of like uh I, I you know, I'm like a fucking uh, elementary student in this, right? Yeah. You know what I mean? So, I have I have this is what I have right now, yep. right? And it says buy, it says sell. You know what I mean? How yep. would I sell? How do you know what I mean? I sell what what am I selling to? And what is the what 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 is the benefit of selling? So you're selling to basically it's risk management, right? And that's one of the things that I wanted to talk about was when you when you're doing this crypto, it depends on the type of trader that you want to be, right? Do you want to be a long term trader in Bitcoin? Like, are you saying I want to buy this and I'm not going to trade it for years because there's market cycles? Yeah, because you want to collect interest on it. You want to collect it. You know, the S and P 500 over a long period of time. You know, if you invest in stocks, right, and you leave your money there, it's it's an average of eight percent increase long term. You know what I'm saying? If you just buy stock and leave the money, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Unless that stock just goes to shit, right? If you're investing in like Coca-Cola, Bank of America, you know all those big stocks that you just want to leave it in there and you just want to let that thing go, Google and stuff, right? Yeah. So over a long period of time, the average return is about eight percent. Same thing you can do with Bitcoin, right? You can buy it, you can leave it in there and wait for years, and you know, in the next big cycle you can sell it, right? You're not really in a rush. That's, I got JCAS on that. So he's buying, he's dollar cost averaging in right now. And I'll talk about a little bit about that, but he's buying it for long-term. He's buying it for five, 10 years out. He's not trying to trade it on a low time frame. You know what I'm saying? So for him, he's looking at it like an index fund. I'm gonna put that money in and I wanna get like a 20, 30, 40, 50% return in the long-term on this crypto. I, I don't need the money right now. Right, so that's gonna be a long-term investor. And that's called hodling, right? Yeah, it, it, that hodl came out of like a, 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 a typo where it, it was supposed to be hold, but they put hodl and then they put it as an acronym of holding on for dear life, you know what I'm saying? It's like <laughs> you're holding on for dear life, hoping that baby you know, yeah. keeps going up, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, later on. So um, that's hodl, yeah, long-term. That's gonna be long-term investing. You believe that long-term Bitcoin is gonna continue over time, just keep going up. And then just to just to expand on that point right there, you were asking about, hey, I got this Bitcoin, I got five Bitcoins in my thing, and I want to sell it. Who's buying it, right? So in a regular stock market, in a regular crypto market, you have buyers and you have sellers and you have an order book. So basically, somebody's going to say, look, I don't, I want to sell these five Bitcoins when Bitcoin hits sixty thousand, you know, sixty k. I'm selling Bitcoin, I'm, I'm okay with selling it. So I'm gonna put it up for sale at 60K. And if somebody comes along and says, yo, I'm willing to buy it for 60K, they're gonna go in and buy it. And now his crypto is gone, you know, he, he sold his crypto. Same thing with uh, order book. Uh, an order book uh, or a, a buy book, right? You're looking at now, what am I willing to pay for this, right? I'm only willing to pay 50,000 for a Bitcoin, right? So that's where you see volatility, right? You see, I'm willing to pay 50,000, but somebody's only willing to, to sell it for 60,000. I'm only willing to pay 50,000, right? So that's where the order book comes in, right? There's buyers and then there's sellers. And then those orders are in there already like, hey, so for instance, you wanna sell, let's say Bitcoin's at 60K right now, right? And you bought it at 50K. So if it's on its way up, like Billy was mentioning earlier, there's momentum, 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 going up, going up, going up. There's somebody willing to buy it because that's why the price moves. The price moves only when it gets sold or it gets bought. And that's why it goes up or down. 
when you go in from trading yeah, yeah so when you go in and you say look it i'm willing to buy it for 50 but this shit keeps going up and now only somebody is not willing to sell it for 60 no more they're like fuck that i want to make some money i'm going to take my 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 sell order off and i'm going to now put it at 65 because i think it's going to go to 65 so now that barrier to entry got a little higher now i need to i need to pay 65 instead of 60 right when i was only willing to pay 50 so that's kind of like FOMO too. You know, you get into FOMO, fear of missing out. And that's where the psychology aspect of it comes in, right? Because you have people that have orders to buy and orders to sell. It's a gamble. It's yeah. definitely a gamble. It's a, and, and it's up to you. Like if you, if so, if you're paying attention to um, the, the, how the, the markup, the percentage of it rising, you're predicting that it's going to go to, uh, you know, X amount percentage and shit. So you, you as a seller, you have the the uh, opportunity or the ability to price it your Bitcoin at whatever you want, and hoping that you'll catch someone to buy it. Yeah, you, you know? put Absolutely. a sell order in. Sell order. Yeah. So, so check you- out. Um, I mean, the the easiest way to even explain this to, it, a lot of people probably go to StockX, right? You're willing to buy that PlayStation Five for five hundred, but somebody's only willing to sell it for seven. So the, the easiest way to explain it, and if you even just want to go through it, go to StockX. You'll see people are willing to buy stuff for this much. You know, I got, my, I got these, you know, TR-808 shoes off of StockX, and I was only willing to pay 60 bucks, and somebody's willing to sell it to me for 60 right? So that's, what, that's how that happened. Got you. Well, that makes sense, dog, when you put it in a shoe. In a, in a shoe uh. Yeah, <laughs> you know. He's <laughs> on so now, now I get it. Yeah, no. I mean, the, the other thing, too, is... Uh, you know, it comes down to risk management too, right? There's a part of that risk management. So as a trader, if you're a short-term trader, right? And I say, okay, um, I'm going to buy this, this crypto at $10, right? And, and I can put a stop loss, which means that if I bought this at $10, right? If I'm a day trader and I'm doing short scalp trades, my, my personal percentage, I don't want to lose more than 3% on any trade. Because as long as you minimize the loss... You know, you could lose a bunch of trades, but when you hit a winner, it's going to run. You know what I'm saying? And so if I say, you know, I'll just actually, let's say it's a dollar, right? So I, I buy this for a dollar. I'm going to set my stop loss at 97 cents. So if that shit drops to 97 cents, it'll automatically trigger a sell order. I I just mitigated my loss to only a 3% loss. But if that thing runs and it goes up to a dollar 25, my stop loss is still at 97 you know what I'm saying? So I'm, I'm still protected. That's just a regular stop loss. I, I actually like to use a trailing stop loss. So a trailing stop loss, if I put a trailing stop loss and I put 3% at that dollar, right? Which means that at the 97 cents, if that thing ran up to $2, right? The 3% stop loss follows it up. Uh, it's a trailing one. And so now it goes up with it all the way to $2. Yeah. But the trailing stop loss is now... At a dollar ninety-four. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So gotcha. it's three percent up at the two dollar, and if it dips, it'll trigger a sell. But my profit just was from a dollar to ninety-four cents. Yeah. It protected my profit. That's dope. That's so the dope. trailing stop loss rolls with it. You on hood stocks? What up? Hey, bro. I have a question. Okay, so I got into cryptocurrency in 2014 when Bitcoin was only seven hundred and like eighty dollars a coin. Whew. Nice. And and I bought two coins, but at that time I didn't, I didn't see it going spiking up to where it did now. So 
what I wanted to do was I was like, I'm going to buy some smaller altcoins that's going to give me, you know, a bigger return later on. So I bought like 100,000 XRP. Nice. But but the problem is on the website that I was using, I guess they sent me an email saying that I had to withdraw or forfeit. I still have the keys, you know, those long codes that they give you, like the VIN numbers? Yeah. I have all those keys, but I have no idea where all my coins are at. I bought, I bought a bunch of Stellas, XRPs. But I have the keys, and I, I, I don't know how to retrieve them. Is it possible? or are they So check it out, them? man. Find your uh, mnemonic password, which is usually 12 words or 24 words. If you have something like that, that's your password to your crypto wallet. So you can go to any wallet out there, like let's say a MetaMask. Uh, I don't I actually don't know any other fucking wallets, but MetaMask. I mean, there's a lot, yeah. and I have downloaded a lot, but the one I use on a daily basis is MetaMask, which is probably the like the you know the most popular, the most mainstream wallet out there for cryptocurrencies. Exodus. There's there's a lot of different ones. Yeah, there's a lot of there's it's your preference, but MetaMask I would say is probably the biggest market penetrator for for uh, cryptocurrency wallets, right? So okay. if you can find your 12 word phrase, or sometimes it's also 24 word phrase, you can log into your. I mean, you can use any wallet to log into your blockchain. Um, account, but it's not so much log into your blockchain account, but have access and authority to be able to spend your your Bitcoin, right? So basically, your whatever cryptocurrency is there, it's there, right? If nobody has that mnemonic password for you from you, they can't do shit with it, so it's gonna stay there. There's stories out there of people losing their mnemonic passwords with thousands of Bitcoins. Yeah, that shit's gone forever. If so, you don't have your mnemonic, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. I, I one of the wallets I was using, I don't remember the name, but it was like a Coinbase wallet. Yeah. I think that that like website got taken down by the government or some kind of fraud. Does that mean the coins that were in that wallet on the on the cloud those, those are gone? Or if I have my if I have my my code? if you have your twelve digit and if it was actually for real for real on the blockchain, you don't. You're gonna, you're, you'll be able to access them. Unless, be the, good. unless it was, well, yeah. it, it was an exchange, though, right? That you were on. Uh, well, one, uh, yes. Yeah, I honestly, in the beginning, I was just fucking. I was using a bunch of websites that I forget now, but yeah, some uh, of them were gotcha. exchanges, and some of them were like wallets. Okay, like so a I, Coinbase wallet. It wasn't Mount Gox, was it? Like that whole Mount. No, no, okay, no, no. Okay. You tell me the name, I remember. I just don't remember now. Okay. Yeah. So. Yeah. So it does sound like he was on an exchange. It maybe. sounds like you were on an exchange, and what sucks is if you know you have that where the exchanges just vanish. You know what I'm saying? They go out, uh, they shut down, and they're gone with your uh, your money. Unfortunately, Robin you know what I'm saying. But if you can uh, if you can find out what it is, you know what I'm saying, and try and get into that um, that phrase that Junior was talking about. Um, that'll help you get back into it. It's a seed. It's it's called a seed phrase. Okay, because I remember my. I, I, is it, it's one that I made up. It wasn't generated, right? Oh, like okay. So then, yeah, that's definitely not not the one that you're going to need to log into a wallet if yeah, you had it. Yeah, but you've got your keys though. Yeah, I have my keys in my emails. Every time I did a trade, I got I got a confirmation with the with all the keys in it. Yeah. So check that email, man, and and see where uh, you know where what the what the exchange was. Yeah, if you, you know, still have the you can you can the probably, emails. Yeah, break it down and you know just do a quick search and see what what it is, what it really was. Maybe well, uh, I'm gonna look into it. Do you, do you have a do you have like a social media so I can DM you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hit up uh, Flourish Prosper. F L O U R I S H 
P R O S P E R, and in uh, Billboard Live 23. 23. Okay. All right. Thank you, guys. Yeah, yeah. You're welcome. Hope you yeah. find it. Yeah, man. Fucking hundred thousand uh, XRP, XRP bro. Fuck. That's a that's a L right there, bro. You on hoodstocks? What up? Hey, when you guys call in, you guys gotta call. You guys gotta turn the volume down in the background. I mean, and that that helps us uh, answer your question as as quick as possible. You know. Um, yeah. So the the money the dude uh, the previous caller uh, yeah. lost was a lot of money, huh? Yeah, man. I think uh, Ripple's right now at like a dollar seventy something, dollar eighty. Yeah. So one hundred thousand. And that's the, one of those uh, Ripple uh, got taken down by the SEC, right? XRP. Yeah. XRP. Yeah. So. But they're it, gonna. They're about to. Yeah, yeah. And and the the funny part about that is right before they got taken down from the SR, uh, SEC, uh, uh, you know, I'm sure me and Billy. We aped into XRP because it was at an all-time low. It was already at like a dollar something by the time SEC, oh no, like 80 cents or something. And the SEC came in and said, nope, shot all the way down. That yeah. That is probably already a 7X from the time we probably bought it. Yeah. And it was all the way down before they took it off Coinbase. Before it's they took been it off suppressed. Uh, they, they suspended trading on Coinbase of XRP right now. And XRP is just another coin. Yeah, it's Ripple. It's the one that they call the banker's coin. Yeah, it's it's super fast. It's uh, it does fifteen thousand transactions per second. Um, Bitcoin does seven. You know what I'm saying? The average time to transfer on, with Bitcoin is ten minutes. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Ripple, I think it's four seconds to do a transfer. You know what I'm saying? Uh, a transfer of money. So of with, money. Yeah. So with, so so, the, so there's kind of like a, a kind of a fucked up uh, grace period that when you're trying to pull your money out, is this what you're saying, that you can possibly be losing money because like, it's a 10-minute... Uh, well, when you're transferring Bitcoin, like if I'm transferring it from wallet, one wallet to another, the average time is about 10 minutes. If I was to do Ripple transferring, it's four seconds. Think about... And you lose money with that time, right? No. 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 Think okay. about it no. like this. Like, let's say you're at the grocery store and you had to buy with Bitcoin and you had to wait 10 minutes in line just for your payment to go through, that's what that is right there. Got you, got you. So yeah. instead, of, instead of 10 minutes, you're now doing four seconds, like he said. Yeah, if I'm trying to pay you instantly right here, you know what I'm saying? I say, look, I'm going to buy this bottle from you in Bitcoin, about a 10-minute. I mean, it's still faster than a bank transfer, right? Bank transfers are days, you know? And so, uh, yeah, but Ripple's instantaneously. And, and Ripple, really, the reason why... A lot of people hate on Ripple because Ripple, it, it, you know, there's perception that it's centralized, perception that it's decentralized, right? Um, Ripple is what they call the banker's coin, right? Because it, it works where you can transfer money globally, right? Where the banking system could use the Ripple, it's X Labs, you know, Ripple Labs, right? Is actually who maintains XRP. Um, they can transfer money globally, Right. Whereas with a bank, let's say you are sending money from Japan to, uh, you know, Nicaragua. Right. Which is one of the, the examples I've actually heard before. But those two banks don't connect to it. They don't have a connection to work. Right. So from Japan, they got to transfer that money into dollars because they both probably do dollar. Right. They're connected with the dollar. Japan will have to transfer it to dollar to dollar to, to the Cordova in Nicaragua. Right. That's why international transfers cost so much. And there's a delay. But with Ripple, it would be done in seconds. Like that. Boom. Sent. Country to country. Doesn't matter where you are globally. And so, yeah, it's crazy, bro. It's so, crazy. It's super fast. Yeah. So, 
is uh, is Ripple only on for a certain coin or for a, a certain uh, platform that you that the Ripple effect works? Or? Yeah, it only works on their on their platform. Gotcha. And gotcha. and XRP is a form of currency on it. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. I'm following. Yeah. Following. Ripple Labs. You're on Hoodstocks. What up? You will love to see uh, the guest. What up? What up, Jim? What's up? What's up? Hey, uh, I got a quick question. Um, like, do you think it will be like safer and and better for the eloteros and palateros to use Bitcoin? Absolutely. You know, so they won't get so they won't get robbed. You know, with all that money on them. Oh, show. Sure. Hell yeah! It's so funny you say that, man. I, I was thinking that. I said uh, if they actually started to accept cryptocurrencies. Uh, they'd never have to carry money on them and have to worry about getting robbed. Yeah. And you can't steal their crypto. You know what I'm saying? You'd have to have access. You'd have to have the keys to their wallet to get into it. It's absolutely a great way for them. So actually, yep. that's actually a really good idea. That's yeah, maybe man. something we can start doing. Put you know a, what I'm saying? In the put community. a QR code on the side of the paletero truck, you know, or the or the little cart or whatever. And yeah. all you got to do is scan the, yeah. scan the QR code and to pay them. And you can pay it with, with crypto. You know what I'm saying? You don't even need Apple Pay or nothing. Just straight up. That sounds like a hoodstock movement. You, you know go. what I'm saying? <laughs> I mean, yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? I mean, it's so funny you said that. It's true. Because I, I seen a post the other day of a Palapero, like Palapero guy, you know, who had like a thousand or two thousand dollars, you know, he's like, yeah, one day, you know, I made this one day. Man, you walking like, around like shit. that. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. Don't post about that. Yeah, yeah, that yeah, that's a yeah. that's a great idea. Catch up, seriously. Yeah, with Bitcoin, yeah, they should, they should start doing that. Yeah. yeah, and and you know they can use any type of crypto, you know, to switch it back and forth. You know, yeah. I'm sure they want Bitcoin. I would <laughs> right now. He he, he looks uh, uh, from the, uh, the last guest, Kika. I forgot to ask her. Like, do do strippers? Uh, Accept uh, Bitcoin too. They should. They should. I, I, I'm sure that all that shit is going to catch it's up. It's coming. Soon, I'm right? sure. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure that the side business they're doing, there's probably girls that just say, "Scan my QR code and pay me." Hey, man. Next, next, you're going to see a QR codes being tatted on bitches' asses, bro. <laughs> that's my wallet. Send it to my ass, right there, bro. Send that money to my yeah, ass. See, hey, let me right twerk here. for you real quick and just uh, <laughs> just scan the ass. <laughs> scan the left scan cheek. Scan the booty, baby. Scan the booty, scan the booty and send it. Yeah. Then that one. Homie rolls up. <laughs> so burned. Bitcoin paid. Yeah. Bitcoin paid, baby. Yeah. yeah. And and you know what? I mean, they, nobody can come and track it. You know what I'm saying? I mean, yeah. Uh, with, that's, that's I mean, true. yeah. Appreciate you, my boy, for calling in, dog. Thank you so much yeah, for the good support, idea. brother. Thank you, homie. Maybe. All right, doggy. Um. So with when it comes to save, if it uh. If it were to, when it gets to that that time that point, right? There's gonna have to be regulations on it because, I mean, the feds want their money, right? You know, and you got to pay taxes. And right now, if you're exchanging with Bitcoin, it's it's just like it's kind of like ghost money, right? Yeah. You know, it's it's untrackable. You know, so, and they want their money, and they want the their IRS money. Always wants their money. Yeah. So there's there's it's a that that kind of like. Uh, leans on the kind of like uh, a lot of conspiracies, a lot of uh, possible, like, I don't know, like the, the dark side of it. You, you mentioned the dark web. Yeah. That, that's, that's kind of like on the, on the dark side of the, of the Bitcoin. I mean, if someone that has so much money that is, that is already kind of like working like that, bro, 
I mean, are they kind of like walking on fucking thin ice? No, not at all. I, I think that before, right, in the early stages, I think that there was a lot of dark stuff probably going on, not to say that there isn't now, right? Yeah. But I think as this has gone mainstream and you've got hedge funds and institutional money that's coming into this, you know what I'm saying? Um, it's just become more mainstream. And I, I think that a lot of people think, I have a different perspective on it. A lot of people think that Bitcoin is going to become the world currency, the international currency, right? Whereas for myself, the way that I look at it and the way that it's being perceived in business is they're looking at it as a store of value, right? It's kind of like gold right now. I'm good, Manji. Thank you, though. You know what I'm saying? I love that. I love the smell, though. You know, um, uh, It's kind of like how they look at gold. You know what I'm saying? Uh, with gold, it was like value, right? I got this much gold, it's value. I'm, I'm going to hold my money in gold. I think that the problem with Bitcoin is that it's so slow. You know what I'm saying? And the number of Bitcoins that are available, um, I, don't, I personally don't believe that it'll become the, the world currency. I think that there's so many faster cryptos out there. You know what I'm saying? Um, there's faster ones, the exchange, the transaction speed. And, you know, me and Junior talked about this. It's got to be a cryptocurrency that can handle the transactions that these legacy payments like Visa, MasterCard, the number of transactions that those systems can handle. This cryptocurrency that becomes, if it does become an international currency, it's got to handle that type of. And if you think about seven transactions, you know what I'm saying, um, per second <laughs> and uh, Ripple's doing what? What did I say? Fifteen thousand, fifteen hundred transactions per second i mean bitcoin's not going to handle that on it has to be scalable on a global so you got to think of bitcoin now like gold it's, it's like a gold. store of value like yo a bar of gold still equals this amount of money it could go up and down in value and sometimes there's a gold rush where you know you see all these commercials out there trying to buy the gold from you right hey send us your gold we'll pay you cash for your gold cash for gold cash for gold yeah. You know, they're trying to cash in on the fact that they know gold's about to go up in price. Yeah. Absolutely. So I think, I think that's, that's, a, that's a different perspective that I have uh, when it comes to Bitcoin as far as becoming a global currency. You know what I'm saying? But, but then again, uh, you never know. But I, I, just, I just think that it has to be something that's scalable. And that's got to be able to handle that load of transaction speed if you're going to go with the global currency, right? Or even in the United States or whatever that is, you know? And so, and, hold, on, hold on real quick, though. Can you crack that back door? Can you turn that on low right there? Yeah, turn that low. But just still crack that so a little bit of air is coming in, bro. I mean, uh, it's, it's, it's a smoking room, but it's getting a little too smoky. Um, and so for it, in order for cryptocurrency, for order Bitcoin to handle that type of load. I mean, do they, it, does it involve more mining? What is mining? Mining, uh, I mean, Junior can probably go into mining a little bit, but so like mining is- uh, Mine, so Mining is a computer. They're, like, they're computers, right? So, so that's High what the power. blockchain kind of consists of, right? The, the blockchain is like uh, a whole bunch of computers. Like for instance, Lucky, you could go home right now and download a Bitcoin, uh, a Bitcoin mining client and say, yo, I want to connect to the, to the Bitcoin network and I want to start mining Bitcoin, right? You're one computer of, you know, hundreds of thousands of maybe millions of um, computing power that are trying to kind of like uh, crack a code, right? So the first one that cracks the code gets to write to the blockchain 
and then pretty much solidifies the fact that, hey, this is already written to the blockchain. Boom. Let's go move on to the next one. And that's why it's a blockchain, because the first block gets written. Now the next one comes on, and then that block gets written. Now the next one comes on, and then that one gets written. So it's hard to go back, because you're already going forward. Now, what ends up happening is you have, like, let's just say, keep it simple, we have 100 computers, and we're starting our own blockchain. Bill has a computer, you have a computer, I have a computer, 97 of our homies have computers. We all download this Bitcoin client, and we all start mining Bitcoin. So now in order for me to send Bill a Bitcoin, there's got to be a transaction that happens, right? And I got to broadcast it to the network and say, hey, I want to send Bill this amount of money. All of these different computers now are involved in the transaction. And That's what is wild, bro. It, wild. The, the thing with it is, like, if you want to have a, a Bitcoin mining, a miner, you have to download the entire ledger from the beginning of time. From basically the Genesis block, which is what Satoshi Nakamoto pretty much said, hey, this is the very first where we're going to mine the first block. These are the rewards for the first block. And boom, let's go. This We're, we're on to the races. You know what, dog? This is fucking, uh, to me, dog, this is like an amazing conversation, dog. Let's keep it going, but let's take a quick break. Let's take a quick yeah, yeah. Uh, piss break real quick. Everybody, uh, if you guys are- Hey, man, hit us with that with that lucky Sun Tzu you hit earlier, man. That shit was hard. Yeah, okay. <laughs> the same song? Sure. Yeah. Fuck it. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, let's take a quick break right here. I got to get a couple things in order right here. Uh, the crew is, uh, that's not working? Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll look at it right now. Let's take a quick break, everybody. It's a quick break, though. Emotions 
better focus. I'm crawling at my lowest. Feet hit the streets like a high speed pursuit. I'm wild when I move. Burn it to your head about to tighten up the noose. Bunch of clown faces blowing clouds of the roof. Woof, woof. Hooters at the door, now they trying to run up in. I am not a guppy shark, stash everything. Dope in the pussy like a B of A deposit. Baby girl robotic, she gang bang abonics. Hang with the wolves or you gotta pull your weight. Told the biggest tool, keep one in the chain. This is not a date. Dance with the mess. Get your face in the cake. Let's get back into this shit, dog. Hell yeah. Let's get back into this. Uh, <clears throat> our, our fan went out in here, man. You know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> uh, the circulation, baby. Um, it'll be like that sometimes, though. It's getting hot and steamy. Yes. Yeah, so um, when it comes to NFTs, non, what is it? Fung- fun- Non-fungible tokens. Fungible tokens, yeah. dog. What are we talking when it comes to that, bro? So there's two things, right? Fungible and non-fungible. So, of course, that's, you know, excuse me, it's burping water right now. Uh, so, when you talk about fungible, it means that I could, I, I expect the same value from something that I give you. So, uh, for instance, a fungible type of interaction would be if I gave you a dollar 
you know, a dollar bill and you gave me a dollar bill and it was the diff- it was a different dollar bill, but I still see a dollar bill, right? The same would happen with uh, if you gave me a dollar bill and I gave you four quarters back. You see the same value. That's that's a dollar. You know that that's fucking a dollar because each quarter is worth 25 and it's going to equal a dollar eventually, right? So cool. Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Did you lose your train of thought? Yeah. Yeah. That's Scante coin. Yeah, that's that Scante coin you just bought, homie. That Scante coin just fucked him up. We got him stuck. Hey, he didn't hit a speed bump. He hit a fucking wall on He's that like, one, dog. Whoa. <laughs> Boom. All right. So. He's back. Fungible. You know, we could trade it together uh, for four quarters, one dollar. <laughs> bro, you're fucking. <laughs> I'll put the camera back to you, yeah. bro. Go ahead. You're almost there to the goal line, though. Yeah, you? something's going it's on. It's that cake. <laughs> it's that wedding cake, baby. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so when we talked about, we, uh, and I've heard this, people are saying uh, of making uh, like a project, you know what I mean? Like say making hood stocks as a project, a piece of art, a digitalized piece of art. I was watching something on YouTube today, bro. Just, I just kind of, I just watched one video, bro. You know what I mean? I didn't get too deep into it, but just to kind of like, I'm trying to get, you know, I'm trying to uh, catch his wave right here. And, uh, this dude on YouTube had made a, a digitally graphic of a coin, right? And he said, I'm going to sell this and I'm going to sell it for just as one of a kind. Yep. And so that, so artwork, a, a piece of artwork can be traded and can be a certain value if people buy into it or if they buy it. I mean, how does that work, bro? Yeah, you can sell it as an NFT, Right, so uh, I mean, Junior. I know he. Sorry, man. He, he, yeah, that I fucking wedding cake hit me. I think he's me. back. That wedding cake I, hit me. I'll let him hard, explain bro. it to you. You ready? So, non fungible tokens, like what I was mentioning earlier, fungible. Right, you can exchange a dollar for a dollar. Non fungible <laughs> means that I can't <laughs> exchange it for a dollar. We're back right? to the dollar. <laughs> uh, so. Non-fungible means like I have a collectible. I have a Michael Jordan rookie card, right? There you go. Yeah. And uh, you have a Scottie Pippen rookie card, right? I'm, I might willing, be willing to trade you that Michael Jordan rookie that I have for your Scottie Pippen rookie because it's, an, it's, it's not the exact same thing, but I see the same value in it, right? So it's almost like uh, it's basically non-fungible means that you can interact. You can interact with it, but, you, but it's not exactly the same. It's not exactly the same type of token or it's not exactly the same type of currency or whatever. So from that, that's how you get the uniqueness out of an NFT. You get it on a, on a blockchain and it's a smart contract and everything lives on the blockchain. So now you can prove that you own this NFT. It's basically a certificate of authenticity, right? So if you were to sell that shirt and you were only to make five of those shirts, you, can, you could um, issue an NFT and say, hey, there's only five of these NFTs and this is the certificate of authentication. And uh, if you have one of my shirts, I'm going to send you this NFT to prove that it's real. Got you, got you. So the same thing can happen in the art world, right? Right now what's happening in the art world is they're doing digital. They're actually, you know, pretty much just saying, okay, digital is, 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 has value. This JPEG has value. Uh, I'm going to send it to you, and this is the original JPEG, right? You can attach 
uh, painting if you wanted to. That's crazy, bro. You know what I mean? So, like, for yeah. instance, you know, NFT is just an experience, really. It's like a, it's like a, you can have a movie, you can have a, a music, you can have an MP3 from it. We released a, a music NFT uh, back in October. And it was basically just a song about cryptocurrency and trading it and, you know, the experience that you had, you know, uh, losing the money and riding the wave and doing all that crazy shit. It's by MC Random. It's called Paid in Full. And it's available on all digital platforms. Didn't mean to plug the shit, but, you yeah, know. You did. It kind of, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I didn't mean to plug it on your, on your show. No, it's all good, baby. Nah, but, yeah, so, you know, it's just uh, um, it's a, it's a good way to just prove authenticity. On the blockchain. And because the blockchain is public, it works. Yeah. You're on Hoodstocks. What up? You're on Hoodstocks. Talk to us. Hi, can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear you. Hi, I had a question because I have just started with the crypto and I have the app Voyager. But I don't know how to put like a stop like um, he was mentioning earlier. Do you, is it only like on Coinbase or certain... Um, platforms that you can do that on no all of those exchanges uh should have a uh -huh. stop loss um it, it'll show uh -huh. it as a limit like a limit sell order right um are you on an app uh -huh. or are you logging on to the website yeah um I'm on the app on the phone and I was trying to figure that out, like how to do it. Cause I liked how you said the whole 3% thing. And that way, like you have a calculated risk, Yeah. but um, I haven't found how to do it on that one. So I don't know if it's just that app or I need to go on the actual website. Like you said. Yeah. I think you need to go on the website. I, I haven't used Voyager. I, I signed up for it. Um, I, I hear great things about Voyager actually. Um, but I think if you go to the website, which is usually what I find, um, it's easier to set those stop loss. Right. If you're going to set that sell order or even you can do a buy order. Right. You can do the opposite. So let's say, you know, uh, a certain crypto right now, it's at two dollars. But you're saying, you know what, I'm going to let that come to me. I don't want to pay the, the it's pumping like 10 percent right now. So on the next dip, I want to buy it at a dollar seventy five. So then you can put a buy order also and uh, you can say, OK, I'm going to buy one hundred at a dollar seventy five because I don't want to pay the premium that it's at right now at two dollars. So you can do the reverse. You can do buy orders as well. And so that way, uh, okay. whenever it dips, it, it comes to you. You let the market come to you. I, I don't like to buy in the green. I like to buy in the red. You know what I'm saying? I, I like I, autopilot. Like it'll buy on a dip. Yep. Automatically. And you don't have to okay. worry about looking at your phone all the time and you can go on with your life. Yeah. And you know what I'm saying? And you don't yeah. have to sit there by your phone yeah. saying, oh, shit, I got to sell this. I got to sell this. I'm losing money. Get in there. Right. You yeah. just, it's with the with the stop loss or buy orders. It goes both ways. You know, and, and you can you don't have to sit there and stress about it. Yeah, I feel like a watchdog lately just watching that, so I, <laughs> yeah. I agree. <laughs> yeah. It, All right. That's well, a thank part you so of... much, and shout out to you, um, Lucky, and thank you for having people like him on the program. Absolutely. You're thank welcome. you for, thank thank you for you. watching. Thank you for your support. Uh, what up? You are on Hoodstocks. Talk to us. Oh, this Lucky? Yes, sir. Lucky, put my skin back, fool. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, my G? Hey, shout out to Nate, uh, shout out to No Neck Nate and all the fucking goonies on on chat, man, homie. Yeah, shout out to all the Doing goonies, good, man. Uh, oh, yeah. fucking, uh, fucking lucky. Doing Thank you, all right, man. Thank you, brother. I appreciate you, and, I, you know, <laughs> and I'm just doing all right because you motherfuckers are supporting it, bro. You know what I mean? We doing that's all right, right dog. Right, right. Ain't no me without. They ain't no me without we, right? You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your, your interview style changed and everything, dog, and I like it, dog. You know what I'm saying? But uh, you know, cause you come a long way from keeping your blues in the county, dog. You know what I'm saying? 
Yeah, you wrote that comment. You wrote that comment. That's dope, dog. Yeah, I, I seen that, baby. I seen that comment, dog. That's dope. We come a long way. We got to, I mean, that, and that's the, that's the whole thing of the Hoodstocks platform, baby, is is like, you know, we're trying to take everybody with us, right? You know what I mean? Let's, let's, let's move together. Let's educate ourselves. Let's elevate. Let's, let's, you know, let's fight these demons. Let's, uh, you know, let's be the best humans we can be on this short time on earth we got, right? Hell yeah. Yep, yep, and it's fuck with every officer's numbers because they, they got to, they, they, they have my podcast right now too. You fuck with the numbers. That's what it is, right? Thank you, baby. Yours, Appreciate I'm you, brother. You, Thank I'm you, dog. You, dog. Yes, sir. Thank you, dog. Um, it seems like the whole thing is just kind of like a fucking a gambler's dream, bro. You know, I just mean, like it's, it's a high, bro. Like <laughs> you just get, you dick it hard. Oh, you see, oh, shit, what like, you know I mean? That's what yeah. they call all of us DJs. Where's Peaches at? No. Big ass green dildos, you know what I'm saying? That's what you want to see, the green bars. I mean, you said, you said you buy in the red, not the green. What's the difference? The red obviously is when it's down. Why would you buy when it's down? Because uh, uh, that's when there's fear. You know what I'm saying? People are panic selling, bro. So, so you you get an adrenaline from this yeah, shit. Yeah, so dog. I, I, have you ever gambled in your life anything? Uh, you know what I'm saying? I play roulette. I'm, I'm not a big gambler, but I, I like to win. I'm a numbers guy, you know? So, uh, yeah, bro. I mean, I competed at everything, so... I'm a, I'm a total numbers guy, right? I, I'll forget names. I'll meet somebody, forget their name. But if it's number, numerically, I'll remember that shit. You know, so this is like, this is my shit. You know what I'm saying? Looking at numbers. I like to look at charts and stuff like that. Uh, I like problem solving. So that's what I do in business. You know what I'm saying? So uh, when you look at this, it's like, ooh, I'm trying to look at, you start to see patterns in the market and you look like, oh, fuck, I've seen this before. This shit's about to fly. Boom. I want an entry right there. You know what I'm saying? And I'm going to sell this shit right here. Boom. Ooh, and, that, and that's the difference between and you nail them. it there's, there's a, definitely a gen, adrenaline rush going with yeah that, man. and but that's just what you just said right now is the difference between the guppies in the game to the motherfucking pros that the are sharks. that are the sharks you know what I'm saying? yeah the, the whales when there's blood <laughs> homie i'm fucking buying you know what i'm saying there's blood in the streets you gotta buy absolutely and and just like outside of bitcoin outside of cryptocurrency bro like what are other ways that people are that you might know of that people can invest i mean yeah, you know. that, so that's a great question. So, um, you know, one of the things that I've always looked at, um, you know, is multiple forms of income, right? So people look at being rich, right? Rich is you got a lot of money, right? But I want to be wealthy. I want to have the time. I want financial freedom to do whatever the fuck I want, whenever I want. You know what I'm saying? That's the difference between being rich and being wealthy, right? And so what I'm trying to do is create wealth, and so by having multiple forms of income, like so whether it's your 401k at work, right? If your company has a 401k, invest in that, right? Um, I used to invest a lot more into my 401k until I started watching some, some finance guys that kind of blew my mind on, on 401k, right? Um, I do the company match because if you're not investing to the company match, you're throwing free money away, right? So if your company pays up to 5% dollar for dollar on everything you put into your 401k, you're throwing away free money that your company's gonna match your 401k with. You know what I'm saying? So That's for, future money right that's there. That's future money, right? That's down the road when you're ready to retire. We, you know, we know that social security, fuck that shit. Don't count on that thing. You ain't know what no, I'm saying? nothing. Yeah, that thing's gonna be bankrupt later on, right? Um, so you can't count on social security. So you gotta find ways to build that wealth for yourself long-term besides 401k. Um, I'll give you one thing around 401k that's a little crazy that I learned where I backed off the percentage that I used to have. I took it back to the company match because one of these finance guys was telling me, well, when I was watching his video, he's saying, 
Well, you're doing it pre-tax right now, right? So you're not paying your taxes on the money that's going into your 401k. But who's to say 20, 30 years from now when you're ready to retire that they don't change the game on the taxes? Yeah. And what if, you know, we're printing money like a motherfucker right now. You talk about inflation. Oof. You know what I'm saying? So we're printing money. Well, at some point, who's going to pay that debt? Right. And what if they say 20, 30 years when we just continue to print money and we're more in debt and they say, you know what? Fuck that. When you take your 401k, I'm going to tax that at 60%. Well, you could have got it taxed at 30, depending on your tax bracket, right? In the, the 20s, 30, whatever that is. You could have paid that tax right now on that money that wasn't being matched. But you, like I was going above the company match, right? So that money that I was putting in extra in my 401k, if when it's time for me to retire, the government changes the rules. Because remember, they can change the rules anytime they want. And they say, I'm going to tax you 60% on your 401k. Fuck, I should have paid the 30% tax early on. And so I was like, shit, that blew my mind, right? I was like, damn, that's true, right? I'd rather get taxed on it now and move that money into other things that I can invest into while still having my 401k and taking advantage of the company match. You know, check it out, bro. I'm, I'm part of the union, and I get a, I get a uh, John Hancock statement, dog. Is that, is that my 401k? It's got to be. It tells you how much you're invested. Does it give you like uh, what mutual funds or whatever you're you're invested to in percentage? I mean, so the the the, uh, the difference between me and you is, I'm not a I'm not the best with numbers, bro. Yeah. So when I get these statements, dog, I just see, uh, I see numbers. Yeah. And um, I just, I really don't pay a lot of attention to it because I feel like it's not time to pay attention to it. You know, I feel I know it's money that's being taken out. Yeah. And going in because it says that I have like, I don't know, 20,000, 25,000. It's got to be a retirement. Yeah. It's got to be your 401k. OK. Yeah. And, and I, can, I can pull from that, though, can I? You can pull. You can take loans on it. You can actually cash it out and you get taxed on yeah. it. Right. Um, but the thing is, is that so you got to take a look at how it's diversified. I don't know exactly how it works in unions. I'm assuming it's the same, I would assume, right? Because it's got to be through a brokerage firm, right? Is it like J.P. Morgan Chase or Vanguard or it something? Just, it, says, it just says uh, John. John Hancock. So it's Hancock. probably through, you know, we, we can chop it up and look yeah, at that. You know sure, what I'm saying? For sure. For sure. I mean, it was, it's, it's, a ra- it's a random thought. Oh, yeah. No, mean but it's a, no, but it's a great point, though, because I just helped somebody with that. Like, so in Vanguard, when, when you know, markets change by president. You know what I'm saying? And when Trump got elected, I knew that the stock market was going to get pumped because it's corporate America, Republicans. And I'm not into politics. I don't fuck with both sides. You know what I'm saying? Like, but I'm all about money and I pay attention to the market psychology and how it works based on what parties in 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 position. Right. So I knew that that stock market was going to get pumped like a motherfucker. He was going to bring down their corporate taxes and they were going to start pumping money into the stock market. So I diversified my 401k in aggressive stocks. Fuck, I doubled my 401k under Trump in four years just by going aggressive, knowing that that was going to happen. You know, Biden came in office and I said, oh, okay, the stock market's probably going to continue, but I didn't know at what level, right? So I changed, I rebalanced the way that it's, it's actually diversified. You can change it anytime you want. Change it to more like low risk, medium risk, and high risk. Got you. You know? And... Diversifying your stock, yeah, which is your money. Your money. The way it's going into that 401k, you can pick exactly which ones it's going into. And the, and the term used for that is diversified. Yeah, diversify it across okay. different ones. And so, like, 
I, I'm across six, right? And the one that's performing the best, I said, okay, I want 50% going in that one. And I look at it every week. You know what I'm saying? So I'm tracking it, looking at it. And then I go, okay, this one's not doing as well. I'm going to change the diversification or I'm going to eliminate that one and add another one that's doing better. So it's just basically you're just moving your money it's around like from stock to stock. It's like stock market, different types, index funds, mutual funds. Uh, it just depends on whichever fund and how it's broken up. And, and so when you when you diversify and you and you're changing to a different stock, I mean, at any point, can you just pull some money out? You put can it, you put it in your pocket. You can pull out of your four hundred and one k. You can pull. There's there's penalties. But, but in the stocks though, when you have the money in the oh, stocks. Oh, in stocks, yeah, you can pull it anytime. Anytime. Just like crypto. So so when 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 uh, Trump was in office and you knew that you know he was gonna implement these uh, certain political uh, for corporate yeah. yeah for the corporate world and shit. Uh, you said you doubled your shit. In my 401k, but okay. I also went into stocks that were, you know what I'm saying, that were relative to what the Republicans are into, you know what I'm saying? And then right before that crash with COVID, I saw that shit coming, you know what I'm saying? And I sold before that crash. I, I cleared out all my stocks. I said, fuck this. I sold everything. And so I got out before that market crash. When we crashed, right? You look at it, you, that's the fear, right? It's the fear when everybody's selling, right? And you, now you look at the market and it dropped significantly. And then I said, okay, we got COVID going on. What long-term is going to come back? Which is airlines. I knew for a fact. Those airlines, major airlines are never going to go out. I mean, how can, the, how can the world stop traveling? Business depends on it. You know what I'm saying? So I, and then I was chopping it up with Jcaz about this. I said, you know, I'm going to get into these stocks. He said, which ones are you getting into? So... I went into the cruise lines because those, those things were dead. They were on a dead pulse. You know what I'm saying? Their heartbeat was like pfft, down there. The, the airlines had bottomed out. So let me, let me, let me interrupt real quick. So, yeah. when, so you said uh, a while ago that you'd like to put money in when the, the stock is in the red. And because when you put your money into a stock that's red, you, you can own more of that stock for a cheaper price. Yeah. So that's the gamble. That's the strategic. That's, the that's a strategic, uh, a strategic way of possibly uh, uh, going about it. Right. Yeah. You get more money on the jump. You get more money. On the and jump. you buy it when you buy things cheaper, you get more of it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, so the, if you were the gonna adage put, is buy low, sell high. Buy low, sell gotcha. high. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Think about that. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty fucking basic. Bro. Yeah. It's the it's, fear. Of, it's the fear and greed. Right. So the greed drives things into the green. Right. The fear factor drives things into the red. When, when you get into like even with the market cycles with Bitcoin, you know what I'm saying? Um, so I like to buy when there's fear in the red panic selling. Yeah. You know, and so, I mean, those airlines and I knew that it was coming back. The cruise lines, those big ass ships, they're not going <laughs> to those things are coming back one day. So, right. Yeah. So, I mean, when a, a person in the position to take the risk that you're taking, uh, to which to you is calculated risk, uh, risk and reward. Right. Yeah. High um, risk. Yeah. Right. It's like, fuck, how long is that going to take? But yeah. I knew. But you got to have you got to have you got to have the, the comfort, the wiggle room to do that. And when you have people that are pulling out, you know, are these people that don't they don't want to take the risk? Are they just they're just want, trying to pull their money before it drops? They don't want to lose. They don't want to lose. It's yeah, the fear of, of losing it. Right. And, and so I tell everybody, even with cryptocurrencies and with stocks, you got to be comfortable losing all of that money. Yeah, because that takes the emotion out of trading. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. If you're not comfortable losing that money, you're going to be stressed out all the time looking at your portfolio. Oh, damn, it's down. It's down. It's down. Holy shit. It's down. And a lot of the times, those are just paper. That's just paper money. 
you don't have that yet until you cash out. Yeah. Okay. You know? Yeah. So, yeah, that, that's a little bit, you know, with the stocks. I think, you know, 401k, uh, long-term in stocks. Um, I, I think one of the best things that I think that our people, right, and I, I see this within the Latin community, um, we think that it's unobtainable to buy real estate. You know what I'm saying? Because we think like, oh, we, we don't have enough, right? The mortgage is going to be too high or it's a 30-year loan. It, it's just the way that it's kind of ingrained, you know, in, in our communities to think that, you know. It's out of reach. It's out of reach, right? But it's not. And, uh, and the problem is, is that we don't go after it enough, I think, as people, you know, within the Latin community, which I see it. Well, I, th- I, think, I think the one thing is, is you got to have a certain percentage of the, of the price of the home to get into that. You know what I mean? So uh, I think the initial thing is the down payment. And then, of course, you got the fucking credit thing, bro. You know what I mean? If your credit's fucked up, you know what I mean? You, you, you can't do fucking nothing, you know? Yeah. So I think that has a big deal to do right there. And that's just probably just the, uh, the, the, the way they were raised up, certain individuals, including myself, you know what I mean? Me too, bro. You, you know, they were raised that, you know, I mean, a lot of people think the pinnacle of, of life is to own a home and so on and so forth. And, and I think, uh, yeah, real estate is, is, is huge, bro. You know what huge. I mean? Yeah, you can always, I mean, it's, you, you're not paying a, a, a rent to someone that the money uh, just, you'll never see again. You know what I mean? You have own a home, you pay your mortgage, that's, you, you're putting that money right back into your pocket and shit. Absolutely. You know, but, but I think a lot of people can't obtain that. I mean, they can't obtain a home because of the credit and because of that uh, certain percentage that you have to have down to get a home, bro. You know, so. It's true. Absolutely. And you know what? That's one of the things I always bring up. I'm like, man, I wish in high school they taught us about FICO scores. You know what I'm saying? And credit and how to drive that shit. Because then when I was 18, going to junior college, and I I wouldn't have opened up three credit cards and blew $3,000 going to Mexico, you know what I'm saying? Miami and Vegas and all kinds of shit. You know, I I wouldn't have blown them and then closed them. Because closing those cards were the worst thing that ever happened to my credit. But nobody taught me that. You know what I'm saying? So, like, once I started learning about credit and really, like, how to build it, I started working at it, you know, so I don't, I don't pay anything with a debit card, nothing. I don't swipe my debit card, not once. There's a couple reasons for that. When you swipe a debit card, it's not insured. So if something happens where you bought it and that, that merchant is, is like, you know, corrupt, you lost that money. But if you swipe it with a credit card, you can call up and say, hey, this is a fraudulent merchant. They'll give you the money back, right? So why would I swipe with my debit card and be fully liable for that money? with fraud. I avoid that by paying with my credit card, right? That's one. The other one is if you had the cash to pay for, you know what I'm saying? That drink, uh, your gas, the food you were going to eat, swipe it on a credit card, get that revolving credit going to drive your credit score, right? And then just transfer the money and keep making payments from your bank, which you were going to pay it anyways with cash, but drive credit, right? They start raising your credit limits as you use more pay it off every month, never pay the interest on the credit card. They don't charge you an interest. If you just pay it off all the time, that credit card company's not getting interest from you. You're driving your credit score as they continue to raise your limits, right? And, and you leave the, you know, reducing debt is important, right? Because your credit utilization is important in your FICO score. And so I had to learn that on my own though. Nobody taught me that. And my, my credit was shit. And I thought I was a cool guy. I'm going to pay with cash for years. Uh, I, I'm just going to pay cash. Fuck that. You know what I'm saying? And then I realized psh, you can't do anything without that credit score. You know what's crazy is uh, you bring that up. Is uh, My my girl's uh, one of her good friends. She's a real estate agent. And she always said, don't pay nothing 
cash or debit. She always said, you just use a credit card, pay the credit card. But it's, so if you stay above the interest, so just for, for us that are trying to build our credit, bro, since we're talking about this, you got you to gotta just continue paying off the credit card in order, of course, in order for your FICO, FICO score to, to raise. Because you know? you're on time payments, right? You keep yeah. that utilization low. And as they as you use it more, they're going to increase your credit limit. So a pain above the interest rate, because I know sometimes like with some of my credit cards, bro, I'll pay the minimum the minimum. I'll pay the minimum and the minimum is not going to raise my credit score. Is that correct? Well, no, it, it, it does. Well, well, it depends on how much of the percentage of the cards you have in use. Gotcha. You know what I'm saying? So for those of you that are trying to fix your credit, Credit Karma is incredible. Oh, yeah. I use Credit Karma, man. You, and that is the best app. It pulls it daily. I know it only pulls from two credit bureaus, but it's the best, bro. It shows you on-time payments, your percentage of credit utilization for each account. And so you're able to say, okay, this one's getting up above 10%. I got to bring that one down. And it tells you which ones. It also breaks down in a really more. good way what percentage this particular thing uh, uh, how it affects your credit impact. score. It'll yeah, say so like, impact. Say, let's say, like, for instance, Billy was talking about, you know, having open credit or open, you know, uh, higher limiting credit. You got five credit cards, each with $5,000 credit limit. You have $25,000 in credit, right? So a, lot, a big part of your score is how much of that is available still for use. And, you know, that's, that's one, one step. Also, how many um, amount of accounts you have, right? So Billy was also saying, if I would have known from the jump not to close those credit card accounts, I would have 20-year-old credit card accounts. Yeah. You know, like, and that's, and that's another factor is how long have you had credit? You know, so that's why somebody that, that just barely turned 18 can't get more than $500, maybe $1,000 on a credit card until they, you know, start to, you know, prove that they can pay. And, and, and often and on time and on time payments. There's another one. On time payments is one of the most important yeah, ones. Big time. You yeah. can you can miss a payment and that thing will drop like a hundred points. And it'll take four years to com- to drop off the effectiveness of it, but seven years to completely fall off your credit score. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. FICO. I mean, I wish somebody would have taught me that before. You, you know. know? Uh, so on, I think on my uh, my fucking Chase app, bro. They have a free uh, check your credit with a journey. Yeah. But but you know, what's crazy about that is I've checked, you know, I check it, I look at it once in a while, bro, through Journey, and Journey doesn't seem like, um, Journey doesn't seem like it is correct. Like, it's not giving me the my my right FICO score, you know, because I've, I've had my, uh, I've had a friend of mine run it that works, uh, he's a lender. Yeah. And I've had him run it through his system, and it doesn't concur with what I'm seeing through Journey, dog. Is, have you ever heard of that? So I wonder if Journey, if it's pulling from just one, okay, one credit bureau, it could be because all three could be different, right? Definitely, there is definitely always different credit scores on one. Yeah, calculates it differently than the other ones. Than too. the other one, and they and what they do is they take the average of the three. Okay, so, but you're saying credit. Uh, uh, Credit Karma. Credit Karma is the way to go. That's you'll a great get, app. You'll get an you'll get an accurate uh, score. You get two of the three on Credit Karma. Okay. And it used to be it, it would update every seven days. Now it updates daily. Damn, that's dope. Yeah, that's dope. And that's the app that man I use, and it tells you what credit cards you have the best odds of getting approved for, so that you're not just applying and getting denied or anything like that. Yeah. It'll tell you which ones as you work on your credit. It'll tell you, you know what, these three or these four. 
you, the odds are great. It'll tell you green, yellow, or orange. Like, nah, you got no business applying for this one yet, right? Yeah. And then that's how I did it. I just opened up accounts and just worked at it, worked at it. And, uh, and, and man, it, it's incredible to be able to just see into it real quickly and just work on your credit that way, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. And, and to buy a house, you know, um, a lot of people think like to get the best uh, interest rate that you got to have like an 800 or higher, right? They, they think that they, they wait too long. Uh, anything after 750, it doesn't change anything. You know what I'm saying? So like to, as far as getting the best interest rate. So some people think like, oh, I'm going to keep working to get an 850 or an 800, right? Anything above 750, the bank looks at it the same. You know what I'm and, saying? And how can people, how can people that have horrible credit, you know, how can they fix their credit? So I would, I would pull the report, right? And take a look at if there's things on there, like old, old, uh, you know, credit that maybe, you know, it's so old. Collection. And collection like, yeah, and like stuff. D Daniel's jewelry. Yeah, yeah, right? Like Daniel's jewelry, you know, <laughs> like you went to Deja Vu and dropped like two Gs, you know what I'm saying? And, and, and Barbie still has, you know, collection on you from, from that lap dance for your birthday, you know? So, um, yeah, no, I think if you, if you reach out to those credit, you know, I mean, those companies that are collecting on them, you never have to pay the full price on those. You can negotiate those. So, so it's 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 if you open up your credit and you see things that are in collective, uh, the uh, the people that are watching right now should reach out. Oh yeah, absolutely. Those, reach out those to those collection them. agencies and try to work something out. Yeah. Somebody told me one time that it's did not do that. I don't know. Maybe it was. Oh no, you wanna you wanna get those removed because then within thirty days they'll report it to the credit bureaus and it's off. Yeah, absolutely. And you and you start to remove them. West Coast graffiti. What up, my G? Hey, what's up, what's up? So this is a question for your guest, man. What's okay, up, what's up? so you said after 750, the bank sees everybody's credit the same. Uh, as far as uh, getting the best interest rate, um, once you go over 750, like you'll get the best interest rate on buying a house, the lowest uh, interest. Seven, above 750, you're going to get the, the lowest. So you don't have to wait until you get to 800. Okay, so then um, what about the down payment and, you know, all that other stuff? How does that affect uh, buying the house? Yeah, so, so you know, down payments, which is actually something I was just going to talk to him about because a lot of people think, like, oh, I have to pay 20% down, right? And so, like, if you're buying a $500,000 house and you think you got to pay a 20% down on a house, that's $100,000, you know what I'm saying? That's why a lot of people think, oh, shit, I can't do that, you know? But the thing is is that you can put 5% down, but you just have to pay mortgage insurance, right? And the mortgage insurance would be like what two to three hundred dollars. It depends on the on the bank, right? That would so, that would be an FHA loan, right? There's different types, yeah. Right? It just depends on on which loan you're getting, right? At what interest rate and so forth, whatever the house is yeah. worth. But it could, let's just say the average is like two to three hundred dollars, right? A month on that insurance, you can actually pay five percent down on that house, and uh, and only pay twenty five thousand dollars. And then just add that money. You know what I'm saying? Think about that. That's 75 k that you didn't put down in the house. You're, you're taking, you're absorbing that that mortgage insurance, that couple hundred dollars extra on your mortgage. But as soon as your house, um, the equity builds in up to 20 percent, the mortgage insurance is no longer required. And so, if you buy in a good market, you know where your house is uh, is increasing in value, or even if you take some of that money. Where let's say you only had $50,000, you put that $25,000 down and you pour 25 grand into the house and you raise the value of it and then it, it gains in equity, 
you may get to 20% faster than you think, which you won't even be paying that mortgage insurance anymore. And you didn't have to put the 100K down. You know what I'm saying? You don't have to. It just, that really, by putting the 100K down, you don't pay mortgage insurance. Wow. Okay. Okay. That's interesting, man. Hey, thanks for, uh, thanks for answering my question, homie. For sure. You're welcome. Appreciate All you, right, my peace G. Out, everybody. Yeah, thank you. West Coast Graffiti right there. If you guys don't know about West Coast Graffiti uh, podcast, uh, look it up on YouTube and hit that subscribe button, dog. You know what I mean? It's a community right here. Um, yeah, that's the homie right there, dog. Um, so let's talk about this, bro. Let's talk about good investments right now. Yeah. What are, what are good for, the, for, the, for the, the homies watching right now, for the goonies watching right now, yeah. for everybody that's watching right now? What, what would be something that they can invest in right now? So I just had a conversation with a buddy of mine. He's a broker, right? And so we were talking about buying houses. And, uh, I mean, you know, everybody's thinking, okay, the market's going to crash. They think, oh, I'm going to wait for the market to crash, right? The problem with that is I'm, I always think real estate is the best investment, period, right? If you get into real estate, you find the right place, get a good price. If you want to do a fixer-upper and you got the money to do it or you know people that knew how to do all those jobs, even better, right? Um, the thing is that if, if you think that you're going to get a better deal when the market crashes, uh, you're actually wrong. You could end up paying a higher mortgage when the market crashes because the interest rates are going to go up. You know what I'm saying? Right now, they're pretty low. So if you bought a house now, let's just say you were paying $1,200 a month for a house, right? But if you tried to wait for the crash when the interest rate on a 30-year loan goes up, you could end up paying $1,600 on that mortgage. I thought it was the opposite, bro, because when in the recession in what 2008, bro, uh, a lot of a lot of the neighborhoods, the hood neighborhoods got gentrified because a lot of people they lost their properties, bro, and so who came in? Short sales. They buy them cheap. You know what I'm saying? As people are losing their houses, bro, the banks got to unload that property and you get quick buyers short sales. So let's say a house is worth 200 grand, the bank doesn't want to take a hit on that house that somebody got out. They either try and sell it, but then they're like, oh, shit, you know, everything's not selling here. My brother took advantage of that and started buying houses on short sales. Let's say you got a $100,000 house. I'm just saying it right. You can come in with a short sale and say, you know what? I'll buy that thing for $50,000, $60,000 right now, but we'll buy it right now. Cash. Let's do it. Cash. You got a lender that's willing to just put that up. My brother came in and swooped in that recession. He bought 10 houses. I think it was like nine or 10 houses, bro. He started doing rent and then just unloaded on them through short sales. So if you got the capital, baby. That's what it's about. Yeah. You know, when any market crashes, those that got the money, you know, you, it's a great opportunity to come in with stocks, with crypto, with houses, with anything, right? If you've got the money, it's like a shark in the water. You know what I'm saying? There's blood, you're coming in. You're coming in, you start buying things. So, I mean, I always think that real estate is a great investment for people. Um, I think that if you want to get into stocks and you're talking about long-term, there's nothing wrong with getting into certain long-term stocks that you know are just always going to do well. Um, but I'll, 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 put your, uh, I'll put your audience on game on one thing with real estate that I got put on game by this broker. So right now, there's this big thing that they got going on where the permits to do work, like if you buy a single family home, right, and it's got a detached garage, and uh, in the past, the permits to work on that garage and turn it into living space were really difficult to get, right? Right now, they're a lot easier. They've changed the rules. It's easier to turn a garage into another unit. So what he was telling me was, go after single 
family homes that have like a detached garage, put 5% down on that house instead of putting the 20%. So we'll go back to the 500,000, right? So let's say I buy a $500,000 house, but I put 5%. So I put $25,000 down, right? Then I take $50,000 and I turn that garage into a unit. Now, and I'm gonna buy it as a residence, right? If I don't have a problem with renting that out to somebody on my property, let's say my mortgage is $2,500. I just got that garage and turned it into a unit. Now I'm getting $1,500 for renting out that new unit that I got. So now I'm getting $4,000. I'm paying $2,500, but I'm getting $1,500 from that garage, right? Yeah. And guess what? It only cost me 50 grand to fix up that garage. I put 25 down, I still have $25,000. Yeah. And then I live in it for a year, and then guess what? I move out, and I rent out both. And now I'm making passive income of $1,500 on that property, and I'm gonna let them pay off my house. <laughs> and then you just buy a house every year, and you do it under residential. Because when you buy investment houses, you have to put 20% down on yeah. an investment property. What, what is considered an investment property? You're not gonna live in it. Yeah, okay, yeah. So those require 20, sometimes 20, 25% down on the house. But that's, a, that's right now what he was telling me. I was like, oh, man. So I had, a, I had set a goal for myself. I said, you know what? I want to get a house every year going forward right now. You know, I'm going to buy a house, live in it for a year, rent it out, buy another one, live in it for a year. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to live in a bunch of different houses. But I'm going to buy them under residential houses, right? But if I do the way that I just described to you, now I'm going to be getting two units every year for the price of one for the price of one so if i was to say i want 10 houses in 10 years now i can get 20 houses in 10 years yeah just by doing it that way i mean so at the end of the day uh, uh real estate trumps everything it always does it always does real estate is a great investment absolutely and you know if so i've got dual citizenship you know what i'm saying so i'm able to buy in mexico so i bought properties in mexico i bought land and uh, Mexico, Baja, California right here is hot. So anybody that's got dual citizenship, I would definitely tell you to take a look in Mexico to buy, for sure. That's dope, don't you? Gotta, you gotta just diversify and get into everything, you know? And, and crypto, I know we started on crypto. I, I think crypto is a great way to make money as long as you follow the cycles and as the fundamentals continue to grow, right, in that space and as we get we're going towards mass adoption. We're not there yet, right? We still got a long ways to go. Um, but if you follow the market cycles, the market cycles work every four years with Bitcoin happening, right? So the block rewards for every block that's mined in Bitcoin, it's half every four years, right? And so right now, we're in the middle of a bull cycle that's happening right now, right? And so a lot of people don't know when this is going to end. I'll give you a, a brief explanation of how it's happened the last two cycles, right? So you have an uptrend and then you have a parabolic rise. We're parabolic. going back to the parabolic, Thank right? You, bro. So the parabolic rise. So in 2017, Bitcoin went from $9,600 to 20K in seven days. That was the parabolic rise. That's when you know that you're about to get to the blow off top the end of the cycle. And then you have a flash crash drop, and then, which then you have a downtrend, which they call that a bear market, right? When you, it falls into a bear market over a long period of time, right? And it's where it's, um, 
well, everybody's selling, right? It's downtrend. People are taking profits. It's a casino, right? Yeah. People are selling. You go down, then you get back into accumulation where people are starting to accumulate. They're buying low, right? It hit the bottom of the cycle. You start to get the distribution and you go right back into an uptrend and you go to a parabolic rise and you do it because it's happened on the last two cycles just as I described it to you. And so when it, when it goes on the uh, parabolic uh, rise, obviously you pull your money out. Absolutely. You pull your money out, you let it drop, get to the bottom, then you buy, buy it for cheap, baby. Absolutely, and you the do it again, zone. rinse and repeat. And so the next happening is 2024. Okay. So, you know, it, it, it's crazy how the, the price on the happening, how it happened was in 2012, at the happening, Bitcoin was at $12. On the 2016 happening, it was $654. And on the 2020, I believe it was 12000 if I'm not mistaken. $12,000. Um, where are we going to be at on the next one? Yeah. And the correction on each parabolic rise was 80 to 85%. The market came down. Bitcoin retraced 80 to 85% from the top all the way down. And not one altcoin held its parabolic rise. Not one. Nothing. Zero. Zero in that space kept the price up there. Everything corrected down. Damn. That's crazy. Get, they're, they're, get, get this man a, a, a paper towel or something, dog. <laughs> he is fucking... We're pumped up. Yeah, this boy is spitting this shit and, and, and sweating like a motherfucker. I feel... I mean, yeah, dog, you're doing a fucking hell of a job. Yeah, dog, bro. Lacing yeah. us up right here, bro. This hell is, yeah. This is fucking dope and shit. Let's take a quick break real quick, and then we're going to come back in. We're going to end it out. And if you guys have any questions, any phone calls, feel free to call in. But let's take a quick break real quick, and then we're going to end this out. Yeah. Got me pumped up.
Natural flow. Check, 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 check. We coming I'll back give right away here. NFT too. Yeah. Say drop your Ethereum address and I'll, I'll I'll drop it in. Well, go ahead. Let me let me put the camera over to oh, you, bro. Oh shit. Okay. And uh, go ahead and, and spit that dog. With it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anybody uh, watching today, man, Hoodstocks, shout out, man. Thank you for having us on 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 board today, and uh, spitting this knowledge, dropping this knowledge with Billy. Uh, anybody with an Ethereum address, drop it in the comments, and we're gonna go ahead and uh, drop a NFT into your wallet if you know what that is. If you're lucky enough to be watching, and drop that Ethereum address inside of the comments, and we're gonna go through it later and. Drop you guys a NFT from our series, HipHop.Cards, which is a, a collection with um, all my favorite rappers are dead. That's pretty much the theme right there. That's so, dope. Yeah. And, and, and there's, so there's a, there, there's a value of it, right? Yeah. It has, I mean, when you, when you have an NFT, you're, you put an NFT out there, an, an image or a card like you have, um, it, it, does it, how does it grow value? So... For instance, uh, let's say I put it up for a hundred bucks. Yeah. Anybody on the internet now can go to a marketplace and sell it. So they're not going to want to take a loss. They might sell it for two hundred. Somebody gotcha. might be willing to come in and say, "Hey, I want it for two. Yeah. And we talked about this too, but I just I like to kind of go back. Over no, yeah, yeah. But the NFT market is not similar to the crypto market. It's totally different. There's all smart contracts and there's marketplaces, and you actually have to go out and be, you know, you have to buy one NFT. So you can't buy like, you know, put them a bunch of them in your shopping cart and then check out with all of them. You actually have to buy each an individual one too. So, but yeah. I so mean, you got to put your own money into the NFT in order for people to give it the value. Yeah. You got to give, give it, it the value. Yeah. So if I, if I put a card out for it and I, and I put a dropped a thousand dollars on it, then now it is worth a thousand dollars. There you go. It's okay. whatever somebody's willing to pay for it. For sure. Absolutely. For dog. Sure, for I sure. appreciate that. Breaking that down. This has been fucking enlightening dog. This has been dope dog. Thank you guys so much for coming and blessing the podcast yeah, with this. This has for been sure, super man. Thanks dope, for having dog. us. Absolutely. Yeah, dog. Sure. And so you. on the way out of here first, uh, billboard, I want you to give all your plugs so people can reach out to you, talk to you about this, uh, keep the conversation going. Uh, how can they reach you, bro? Yeah, man. Uh, Instagram billboard live 23. I'm also, uh, you know, I represent 27 junkies. Uh, shout out to all my boys. Much love to the fam. Uh, Billboard Live 27 Junkies. I'm also on, on that one on IG as well. Um, any, anybody that has any questions, you know, anything that uh, if you like what you heard and you got any, uh, any feedback or anything that you want from us or something like that, uh, reach out to myself. Reach out to Junior. Flourish Prosper as well. Um, but truly, you know, I, thanks for having us, bro. I really appreciate it, man. Yeah, thank yeah. you. Man. And I, I just wanted to, like I said, it's all about paying it forward. You know, I got all pumped up. I started sweating because... Man, I'm passionate about that shit. Absolutely, you know what I'm saying? And, yeah. uh, and I love helping people. So anything I can do to help out our people and help people level up and do well in life, that's what it's all about. You know what I'm saying? So I appreciate it, man. And, and thanks for having me on Hoodstocks, brother. I mean, you took this on like the Spartan race, homie. Hell you know yeah, I mean? doggy. My boy was sweating and he was fucking, he was hiking up that hill for us. Trail you know running I mean? that yeah, motherfucker. Absolutely, yeah. dog. I, and I appreciate it. Let's, let's get over to uh, Junior real quick so Junior can yeah. give all his plugs. Uh, basically, flourishprosper.net on the web. Uh, at Flourish Prosper on all uh, social media platforms, uh, Twitter at Rap Talk R A P T A L K, and uh, check out the project, the website for the project. All my favorite rappers are dead. That's what we have right now, but it's uh, hip hop dot cards in your web browser. Absolutely, dog. Hey, everybody, give it up for these men right here. It's been dope, and uh, looking for we're gonna have you guys oh, back yeah, on brother. again whenever you want, bro. This is dope, dog. Brother.
Yeah, Salute. yeah, absolutely. Right. And we are out of here, gentlemen, until the 100th episode, which will Peace. be uh, next Saturday, baby. Woo. You guys will be seeing uh, on the social media platforms what we're doing for the 100th episode, man. I think it's going to be dope. I think you guys are going to like it, man, because it's involving you guys as well. Everything we do right here involves you guys. You know what I mean? There's no, this, this podcast ain't shit without the chat line, without my goonies, everybody tapping in and, and throwing their two cents in, even if it's a fuck lucky. You know what I mean? It's, you know, it's appreciated. Hold on real quick. We got a phone call real quick. Let me see. What up, you on Hoodstocks? Hey, what's up, Lucky? It's Chito. What up, G? Hey, I'm calling because um, I want the crypto to get my number down because I'm interested in investing something. Okay. What's your phone number? 714. Wait, hold on. We're going to really write this down. And so is everybody else. Maybe you want to check it out, bro. I was just fucking with you, dog. I don't want you to put your number on here, bro, because you're going to get a bunch of crank calls from these, <laughs> these wild motherfuckers. You're gonna, oh, coin. Yeah, yeah, you, 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 might get some, you might get some dick <laughs> pics, homie. You know what I mean? Like, we don't, I don't want to do you like that. So let's yeah, do yeah, that. I yeah. feel you, bro. Yeah, so get at Billboard. Yeah. Are, are, are the homie Floor Should Prosper right here? And, uh, and, and DM your number, bro, and they'll holler at you, dog. Yeah, for sure. Appreciate All you, brother. Real quick, we getting out. You on Hoodstocks, what up? Hey, I just wanted to bring up what you were talking about, your credit score with Karma or, or Vonsage or whatever you're using. <clears throat> yeah, Journey. So, well, Journey, that's right. So, so what I learned when I was buying my house is that Credit Karma uses Vantage point scoring versus the FICO scoring. Like, there's different there's different uh, <coughs> algorithms that get used to, to do the scoring. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's true. So, but you can go to the three credit bureaus and you can pull the free report annually. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so when yeah, you yeah, 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 so I when you're getting credit report every year, yep. Yeah, yep, yeah. Yep. So when you're getting ready to buy your house, you know, pull them from those. But yeah, you're right. I mean, it but it's giving you an average, right? They say that there's probably like a variance of like 20 to 30 points. It says uh -huh. from Credit Karma that it's off. Yeah. Yeah. But and yeah. actually normally when I get the my my Credit uh, Karma score, my shit is like 20, 30 points higher on the FICO score part. Yeah. The, yeah. the vantage point, it's a different algorithm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it, uh, it tells you on the app too. So you use it, right? Yeah. Credit, credit karma. It. So it worked, yeah. it worked good for you? It works great for me. I mean, it keeps, yeah. me, it keeps me on track on what I'm doing. And, and I mean, you know, the, the, the payment balance, the utilization, yeah. the, on time, all that. It, it all it all works. It's the same system basically, but it's a different algorithm. The the vantage point versus the FICO. Yeah, yeah, and so it, that's why you see a discrepancy. Yeah, and it worked. That's a great point. Thanks for clarifying that too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. sure. And then the other the other thing the other thing you're bringing up earlier and that you didn't mention, but I think you were alluding to it was when the money gets sent out from one country to another country, it has to go through a clearinghouse. And the cryptocurrency kind of eliminates the clearinghouse, and it just goes directly to the source. It eliminates all the middle, the middlemen. That's, that's yeah. right. That's right. Yeah, because yeah. not all the yeah. banks are connected. That's right. But, yeah. You know, just getting my two senses from the Hell from the yeah. side perspective. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. Dope, For my sure. Boy. Appreciate the phone call, <laughs> brother. Have a good Hell weekend, yeah. though. You respect. Love you, lucky. Love you too, Thank my you, G. Thank you, bro. Yeah, absolutely, dog. Shout out to all my goonies. Shout out to everybody that called in. Shout out to these men right here. Yeah. Uh, we are out of here. You guys have a good, safe weekend. We'll see you next weekend with the 100th episode. Casey's not here today for some reason. I don't, I don't know, bro. You know what I mean? Like, he might be trying to fix shit with his lady right now. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> the, 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 the internet right now is flooded. The internet right now is flooded. <laughs> the internet is flooded with pictures of him and, and big booty peaches. You know what I mean? You know, or he might be with peaches right now. You he never might. know. You he know what I mean? Be. That might have... 
That might have been all foreplay right there, That's dog. It. That was the buildup, dog. That was the buildup. Yeah. Now it's the blow off top, the parabolic yeah. rise, homie. <laughs> Absolutely. Hey, we out here. Love you guys.